Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And it's our 2021 Christmas special. We look forward to bringing you this show every year. It's a little bit different from our new usual show because we still have some of our usual nonsense in it, but we we have our usual kind of end of season chat with the head coach. So this time we've got Vanny Sartini coming up in a excellent chat that I had with him a, a week or so ago. We play some games, we play some Christmas music, we open some presents. It's just fun, fun, fun. Looking forward to Christmas, guys. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, gets uh, it'll be a little bit different from last year because we have some can have some people over for sure. Yeah, it's everything keeps changing, and then I'm trying to follow what's happening in the UK compared to here. And my dad's going to be on his own again this Christmas. I was trying to get him to to go to kind of like somewhere that was maybe putting on uh, Christmas dinners for seniors and stuff. So I'd found a couple of places, but then the new restrictions that's come in have kind of stopped that. So sadly, he's going to be on his own again. So I ordered him four mini hampers of different kinds of food that got delivered today. So he was obviously excited. I called him and I was like, oh, what do you think of them? And it's like, I haven't opened them yet. It's like, ah, okay. It's like, maybe want to get on that. There's some perishable goods in them. So we'll see how that goes. What about yourself, Zach? Having a a mid-size or a smallish family thing? I don't know what you're allowed anymore. Yeah, I think we're allowed the ten people or less kind of thing. So we'll have uh, we'll have less than ten people, uh, and it'll all be uh, close family. And they're the only people we'll probably see in person in our home over the the next whatever four weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, I I saw Zach briefly yesterday. We did a a brief present exchange. It's so did I. I yeah, saw I, saw, I saw both you guys yesterday, but I I'm seeing more of your faces right now. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, we were well masked up, um, which is probably good because you might hear my my voice is gone a little bit. As far as I know, it's not the Rona. I'm putting it down as standing in minus freezing cold conditions up at UBC for a VMSL game which in hindsight was not the greatest idea in the build-up to, to Christmas. 
but I'll maybe have a little hot toddy and suck a fisherman's friend and that usually cures a, a, a lot of things. All the fishermen I know though are back in Scotland so had to do a little bit of work for that one. But what we're going to do in this show, it's a four part show. In part two we're going to bring you our chat with Vanny Sartini. In part three we're going to unpack some of the stuff that he said. And then parts one and four, play some games, play some music, a little bit of fun. And in parts one, three and four, we're, we're going to open up our, our presents to each other. So what I thought I would do to kick off part one, because for once I, I'm organised and I actually have your presents for Christmas. Even more surprisingly, I actually have half of your presents for next Christmas. And you can try and work out what one of them is because... The, the present that I've got you both, my microphone is currently balanced on it. I'm using it to raise my mic a little bit higher. But I, I wanted to have a theme for the presents because Zach's been doing that and I like that idea. I don't know if, you, if you've kept that, that plan for this year, Zach, but uh, I thought I, I went with a theme for this year. The theme that I want to go for, which is going to be next year now, I couldn't get one of the items because I have to go back to Scotland and get it. And I thought I would have maybe gone back and been able to pick it up. So that's why I've got half your present and it's going to be de delayed now until 2022. So let's hope we all stay alive. Otherwise, that's I'll have wasted money. But if anything happens to me, I'll leave a note so that Caitlin can, can get it to you. I'll always plan ahead. So what we'll do in this one is we'll open the presents that I've given to Steve and Zach. Now... You've both got one present that's the same and you've both got one present that's different. So if you feel your present, one is hard and one is kind of bendy. So the bendy one is the one that you've both got the same thing off. So f open that one first. Wait, do, I, do I open the card first? Oh, open the card in, at your leisure. We, it's just a card. My cards to you are awful. So. I, I, it's the only card I've written this year was the, to the two of you. Now, did you, this is, did you this, lick? Did you lick this? I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pre me feeling like this. Did, I think. did you lick the you lick the card or you lick the envelope? Oh, the the envelope, not the card. Okay. <laughs> I didn't lick Zach either when I saw him. Softer. And you're both not going to like this, I think. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? You want me to open it? Yeah. I read the first one. It was really good. Ah. Wait, hang on. That, that might have now spoiled something for Zach. Well, they both feel like books. But... Well, I thought he opened it. He's just slow. He went for the oh, card. Oh, is this from the one thing from last year? Yeah, it's the second yes. part of it. Thank you. But this is even more special because if you open it up, you will see that it is signed by two of the people involved. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it is. Including it is. one of the guys that is behind Judge Dredd. Oh. So you can Wait, probably can flip I... that. Because of the autograph, can I sell this more than for more than my Alex Morgan rookie card? Probably oh, I not. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, also, a fun fact: uh, I ordered copies for yourself and myself because it was a flat shipping rate from the UK for it. When it came, I saw how much he had to pay for postage, and I said, "Do you want me to give a little bit more? Because I've hardly paid anything for the postage." And he was like, "No, no, that's what I said it was going to be." So now, because of how much it costs to send them to us. He's not shipping overseas anymore. <laughs> so for anyone not watching, which is everyone, because we're listening on the podcast, it is part two of Rock of the Reds. Rock the God? 
rock the god because he is a god on his home planet. Right. So this is the second one, and there is no plans for a third one. Oh, because I thought it was because overseas shipping they, they cancelled the third one. <laughs> Probably from overprinting and then being bankrupt from having to send three heavy books over to Canada uh, guess, by airmail. I, I guess the first one went well then. I'm assuming. Yeah, it did. There was a both were Kickstarters and they raised money. You can actually buy a custom-made football jersey for the team as well. I almost did that, but then I I kept myself back from doing that. So you so can both open your second one, one now. Yeah, they're they're different. This is the one I'm worried that Steve might have. I'm thinking he probably think doesn't. Have, no, I don't that, have very much. I don't collect books that much. Yeah, no, I didn't I think you did. I don't have this. Up. No, no. This I like the I like the dog wrapping paper. Yeah, that that was done pre-penny. Sadly. No, I I don't buy books that regularly because I usually listen to podcasts more. But I got uh, so it, obviously nobody can see this, but it's the Young Bucks killing the business. And uh, I got myself a copy as well. I've not had a chance to read it yet. I, and Zach's, I got a special book for Zach. What you think you know about football is wrong. Yeah, because basically, what you think you know about football, Zach, is wrong. The Bundesliga is not the best league. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that greatest myths and untruths. I saw that and, and I thought that is made for you. It is. I had planned to read it's it myself. Chapter forty-one. It's not a game of two halves. <laughs> I know they've just ripped off our whole cliched section. Um, I, I, I like the inside jacket. It's got all the moves they do. Yeah, it's it's meant to be a really really good book. I tried to get autographed one for you last year but the, the shipping to canada was extortionate yeah it is it, i i whenever whoa, i bought whoa, like whoa, aew whoa. figures for uh the kids uh the my younger one uh the only shipping costs were huge and then they put, charge duty on top of it yeah I, I don't know if i can read this book why because chapter one is clearly false do you remember what chapter one is i can't i looked at it and i can't remember <clears throat> contents introduction chapter one the ball did cross the line in the 1966 World Cup oh. final, and we knew this in 1966. Oh, if I if I had seen that, I haven't seen that. I would have burnt that book. You wouldn't have got yeah, that exactly. Oh, I'm not oh, a fan oh, of that book now. Yeah, oh, well, feel feel free to, to gift it. Wait, hang on. Chapter six: England did not win the World Cup fairly in 1966. What? Okay, that doesn't make sense then. Oh wait, this is what's wrong. Oh, I don't know. So Okay, I'm going to have to read this, I guess. Yeah, don't read the whole book on our show. It's yeah, already it, going to be a long show. <laughs> Let, let's it, get... might be, it might be from different people, different perspectives, too. So you might, yeah. it might not be all the same people. Is it, just... is it by one person or is it by... Yeah, this is by Dr. Dr. Kevin Moore. And you know that doctors are never wrong. But I, I saw I the title... Kevin Moore, he's not a doctor. I saw the title and I thought, I've got to get that for Zach because he always thinks he knows everything about football. So no, no, no. But... Let's see if everything you do know is football is wrong when we get to our quizzes later on the show. So that's why I wanted you to do our present first. So that's us opened our present. We've talked about what our Christmas is going to be like this year. Hopefully everyone listening has a, a happy, safe and healthy Christmas as well. What we like to do in our Christmas shows, though, over the course of the year, and this year I actually did it in November and not January like I have in some years in the past, I spoke to a couple of Whitecaps players just to kind of find out what Christmas is like in their household, any traditions that they have, and what their favourite Christmas songs are. And we always like to end our segment with a Christmas song. So we're going to kick that off just now with a man 
that is a beast between the sticks. For the Whitecaps and for Canada, let's hear what a Max Crippel Christmas is like. So what what is Christmas like in the Crippel household? What what's your kind of family traditions if you want to share any of them and like is it a big family thing? Do you have small Christmases? Yeah, my the, the 24 is uh was with my my in-laws side of family, so all of Christina's family and uh cousins, everybody, you know, everybody. And it's a big big party, big dinner, that's great. And then the 25 is uh the 25th is actually with my with my parents my brother comes uh my grandma comes so we're a smaller group like seven maybe uh smaller groups nice and easy go in the afternoon light a fire outside and then uh chill by the fire relax and then have a proper dinner and, and, and really have a good time just being nice and easy yeah that's what it should be do you have a favorite christmas song or something that you always like to play or or hear uh actually <laughs> here with my in-laws uh there's a lot of uh latino music a lot of latino music and uh, my my wife is out of chile and out of, uh, from montreal Cuba ah. or, or that is 100 uh, percent from montreal and then her mom's from chile so she's a 50 50 mix and uh, on my side of family my parents and everything there's always some michael buble uh christmas uh, <laughs> christmas music uh, there's always something going on well we, we always whenever we ask anyone this on the show we always play a whatever their song or a variation of their song so i'll, I'll dig out something by michael bubley or i'll try and find a latino kind of christmas song for yeah you. and there's there's always there's always some uh, phil collins as well at my parents house always some phil collins <laughs> that's a <laughs> strange choice talking about Christmas in the Crippole household back there in Quebec. And we rounded off that segment with a, a lovely song there. He he said he wanted something by Michael Bublé or something that had a kind of Latina feel to it. So I went for the latter, but I went for a Canadian band. It was a, a band that Steve played on one of our earlier Christmas shows. Canadian band from Burlington, Ontario, Walk the Earth. 
And that was their version of the Latino classic, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, which I've had in my head for a while after watching the 2020 League of Their Own Christmas special and the 2021 League of Their Own Christmas special where they played that song a lot because they were doing a, a, a video of it. So that's what Max Cripple's Christmas is like. Hopefully the whole Cripple family have a, a, a great time there and he eats lots of turkey and then burns it off and is back fit ready to go when the preseason gets underway in January, which I'm sure he will. So we're going to have a little bit more festive fun in this part and it's time for the first of our games. So what I've done for this show is I've tasked each of us to come up with a game for the other two people to play. So we're going to do my one first because that's probably the most boring, I think, of the of the two. But you'll you'll see why we're we're doing it first when when we get to it. So what I'm calling my game is six of the best. Now it's nothing to do with spanking, so any BDSM listeners, I'm afraid, sorry to disappoint you there. It's nothing to do with corporal punishment either. In schools, I'm old enough that in my school you used to get the belt. Did did you guys have like corporal punishment here in in Canada at school? Not at school. <laughs> Just at home. <laughs> we we had at it, home. but it was before my time. Oh. Yeah, we we not yeah not during my time when I was in school for sure. There was only four kids in my class that did not get the belt. Which, if anyone doesn't know what the belt is, it was a a two-pronged leather strap that you had to hold your hand out and they just gave you six over the the palms of your hand. I was one of the four. I was a a goody two-shoes at school, so I, I never got the belt. So, yeah. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with the game that we're playing. But it is called Six of the Best. So what I have is I've got two envelopes here. Envelope A... And envelope B. In each envelope, there is a set of six questions about a specific Vancouver Whitecaps player. So let's see how much you know about these Whitecaps. So we have to see who gets envelope A and who gets envelope B. So I thought we'll toss a little coin. Except I forgot to bring a coin with me. Oh, uh, just let Steve choose. Steve can choose. All right. Okay, Steve, do you want envelope A or envelope B? B. B? Okay. B. Envelope B. Oh, that's A. Okay. <laughs> envelope B. And this is why I, I did my game in this part, because we've just heard about Max Cripple's Christmas. This is six questions about Max Cripple. So how we're going to do this, you'll get one point for every question you get correct, and it's multiple choice. If Steve gets the question wrong, I will throw it over to Zach for a bonus Deal. point. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So it's a varied selection of questions, and like I say, it's all multiple choice, and you can play along at home. So here's six of the best about Maxime Cripple. Question one. Max was born on May the 11th, 1994, in which Quebec City? Was it A, Beaconsfield? Was it B, Greenfield Park? Was it C, Laval? Or was it D, Otterburn Park? I'll give you those again. Beaconsfield, Greenfield Park, Laval, Otterburn Park. And I picked four places that I could pronounce. I, don't I, could have sworn, I could have sworn that the 
that he was born in a place that started with a C or an S. So that definitely goes against everything that I yeah. Um, so I am gonna go. I'm gonna go with Laval. Ooh, incorrect. I'm throwing it over to Zach. I don't know what it is, but I know it's one of the parks. I know Michael has their two parks, so it's got to be one of the parks. What I thought it. Parks? I thought it might be park. That's why I didn't want to guess the park because I thought he, I did. I was trying to avoid Zach stealing it. What are, what are they, the parks, Michael? There's Greenfield Park or Otterburn Park. Let's go to the second one. Otterburn Park. Yeah. Incorrect. It was Greenfield Park. I knew it was one of the parks. Which is actually no longer a city. It's been like taken over by some other area. So it's now encompassed in that. So no points for anyone there. Interesting. Question two. In which year, Steve, did Max first join the Montreal Impact, call them what they are, Academy? Was it A, 2008, B, 2009, C, 2010, or D, 2011. So 2008 was the first one? Yep. 8, 9, 10, 11. Okay, let me do the math. Um, <sighs> I'll just have a slug of some of my orange juice that I've got here to get me some much needed vitamins for my throat. I'm going to say 2009. Incorrect. Oh, damn it. Okay, well, it's not 2011. I was going to say 2010, but now I want to say, is it, sorry, when he joined the, like the first When team did he first join Academy? Montreal Impact Academy? Oh, Academy. I'll say 2008. 2010. You should have oh. stuck to your first answer. I was, I was going nine or 10 because I was thinking 15 or 16 is when he joined. Yeah. I thought he, that's, it's a little bit late I, to, to yeah. actually hit start. I thought it would well, have been earlier. But the thing is, back then, people were starting at 15, 16. They didn't do the 12, 13 um uh, uh, age like it, this is pre-mls right so they weren't doing oh, the early, course. early age. I, yes i didn't that's why think I, about that. that yeah that's why i was thinking 15 16 and i was thinking 2009 2009 2010 and ah. i guess 2009 because i thought maybe 15 now i'm glad you got this envelope steve because of what this question is but obviously zach has a chance to steal so question two three. Right so zach so you're fine question three in january 2015 Max went on a 10-day training stint with which German club? Was it A, Supercalifragilisticbruschiamunchengladbach, which is a half-man, half-biscuit lyric, but Bruschiamunchengladbach, B, Eintracht Frankfurt, C, Fortuna Dusseldorf, or D, SC Freiburg? And what year was this? 2015, January 2015. So it was just before, this before the Whitecaps. It was before joining yeah, the Whitecaps. Yeah, so he was still with Montreal and it was pre season. So he went for a 10 day training stint. What was the third German one? Club. Fortuna Dusseldorf. And the fourth one? SC Freiburg. I think it's one of those two. Eintracht Frankfurt or Borussia Mönchengladbach? I'm going to say D. SC Freiburg. Yeah. Uh-uh. Damn it. I, I'm going to go with my first thought and say Fortuna Dusseldorf. It was Fortuna Dusseldorf. That was C? Yes. Yeah, I figured it was C or D. Oh, so Zach in a one-point lead here. Three questions on Max to go. Number four. Against which team did Max make his competitive Montreal Impact first team debut in 2017? 
Was it A? Right. Chicago Fire. So remember, this is like first team. Yeah, yeah. A, Chicago Fire. B, FC Edmonton. C, Ottawa Fury. Or D, Vancouver Whitecaps. The fact that you put FC Edmonton and Ottawa Fury in there tells me there could be either one of them. Where does FC Edmonton come from as well? Out of of nowhere. Because you think it would be Ottawa because they were close to Ottawa. But remember, it's a competitive first team match. Yeah, it could be the it could be the Voyagers Cup. Um, that's what talk. Uh, uh, what's FC Edmonton? Um, I'm going to say FC Edmonton. Uh, uh, Damn it! <laughs> what was the year, Michael? Twenty seventeen. It's four oh. years ago. So your choice is Chicago Fire. Ottawa Fury, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, I'll just say Vancouver. It was Vancouver. It was the Canadian Championship, May 23rd at BC Place. Wow. Don't worry, Steve, because he's going to struggle in his questions. (laughs) I'm not going to get one. Number five, penultimate one on Max Crippo. Against which team did Max have his first Whitecaps MLS clean sheet? Was it A, Real Salt Lake, B, Houston Dynamo, C, Seattle Sounders, or D, LA Galaxy? The fact that the Sounders are in there kind of seems like it should be them. I'm not sure. It could be a nil-nil draw. Real Salt Lake, I don't remember them. They they rarely ever get a shout-out against them. They always seem to leak a goal. Galaxy, I can't remember. I want to see the Sounders. Correct. Nice. Well, no draw at BC Place on March yeah, I... 30th, 2019. Because I just know Real Salt Lake, they always leak a goal. Even if they beat them like harsh, they always like let a goal in against them. It was another classic Cascadian derby at BC Place against the Sounders. And your final question. It's 2-1 to Zach at the moment. Question six. How many senior caps does Max have now for Canada? Now, I'm going to say I'm basing this on Canada Soccer and Wikipedia. They both have the same number, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't find out if it includes friendlies or whatever. I'm thinking it does. It should. Yeah. So the four answers are 11, 12, 13, 14. I don't think he's played that many games. They're all close together, so it's not even that big of a... I'm going to just take a wild stab at it. I'm going to say 11. Uh, uh, Thrown over to Zach. 12, 13, or 14? I'll say 12. Uh, uh, It was 14. He's had 13 starts, but capped 14 times overall. Oh, he must have come in early. So all to play for now as we move on to Zach's questions. It's 2-1 to to Zach. Great chance, though, for Steve to steal some points. How are you doing at home? Let us know on Twitter, at AFT in Canada. Obviously not live, it won't really impact this game, but you can let us know anyway. So, it's envelope A for Zach. And it's six questions on Ryan Gold. Ha ha, you should have guessed that was Ryan Gold that was coming. 
Funnily enough, we heard Max Cripo talking about Christmas earlier. Later in the show, we're going to hear what a Ryan Gold family Christmas is like as well, so stay tuned for that. So here's your six questions, Zach. You've got a one-point lead just now. All to play for. Question one. Ryan was born on December 16th, 1995, in Lawrence Kirk, which is a town on the outskirts of which major Scottish city? It's A. Aberdeen, B. Dundee, C. Inverness, or D. Perth? Uh, I'm going to guess, just because of listening to you to talk to him about traffic in this area, I'm going to say Dundee. Oh, you fell for the trap question. Oh. It is not Dundee. Okay. So a chance for Steve to tie it up. Aberdeen, Inverness, or Perth? I was going to guess Dundee too if I had a first choice on that. So I don't. Thanks, Steve. It. I feel better. <laughs> um. Uh, uh. So what was the three again? Aberdeen. Aberdeen, in- Inverness, Perth. I'm going to say just because I don't rate the the other two. I'm going to say Aberdeen. Correct. Lawrence Kirk is in Aberdeenshire. I was going to say Aberdeen, but then the Dundee. I don't. I, I the other two uh, cities I don't rate as major cities, so that's why it ruled them out. <gasps> no offense to those two cities. Well, technically, <laughs> there was only ever four Scottish. I don't even cities. know those other two cities. I only know Aberdeen. Well, well, it was always Aberdeen, Dundee, Edinburgh, Glasgow. But then, yeah. when they seemed to open up cities to anyone, Perth mm. and Inverness became a, a city. That's why they're not original. That's why I don't rate them. Yes. Okay, question two. It's tied up at two apiece now. This is exciting. Hope you're excited by, at home. By the way, I'm just joking to anybody from Inverness and Perth, but if you want to send hate mail, go ahead. They're it both lovely cities, actually. If I was looking to go back to Scotland and not move back to Fife or Edinburgh, the yeah. other two places I've got in mind are actually Inverness and Perth. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just joking around. Yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, there's some scummy areas in both places, but then that's just, <laughs> that's just cities in general. Question two for Zach. What was Ryan's first primary school? No. What was Ryan's first primary youth club as a young footballer? Did he learn his trade at Aberdeen Boys Club? Brecon City Boys Club? Dundee Boys Club? Or Dundee United Youths? So his first primary youth club. I'm going to say this. It's got to be one of the Dundees because you included both. I'll say, I'll say the second one, Bre- Brecon, Brecon City Boys Club. Yep. Correct. Yes. He was there before going to Dundee United Youths. I think again, I, this is from listening to you talk about it. <laughs> I never mentioned Brecon to him. I don't think in the past. Oh. I knew you'd pick Dundee for where he was born because of the whole roundabout thing. Yeah. I included the Ryan interview on our Glory Days of Gold East Fife Christmas podcast as well and I said pretty sure when he moved over to Vancouver the last thing he expected was to be sitting down talking about traffic systems in Dundee in, in Canada but there you go. Question 3 Which team did Ryan make his Scottish Premier League debut against on May 13th 2012? Was it A. Aberdeen B. Motherwell C. St. Johnston or D. Hamilton Academicals? I was going to throw East Fife in there and I thought that's immediately taking one answer out. Okay, so give me the options again. Aberdeen, Motherwell, St. Johnston, Hamilton Academicals. I'll throw in a fun fact. He came on as an 87th minute sub 
I have no idea. And who so... was who who was pulled off for him? Kenny Miller. Johnny oh. Russell. Oh. Um. Oh, that might help. Uh, wait, say the clubs again. I shouldn't. Aberdeen. Yeah, you're, you're, it's the Motherwell. team they're facing, not the team they're playing. Yeah, Aberdeen, Motherwell, St Johnston, Hamilton Academicals. I'm gonna say St Johnston. Who are from Perth? Incorrect. Hamilton. Incorrect. It was Motherwell. Oh, that was. I was thinking Motherwell. That was my second choice. Is your mother well? Ah, she's no too bad, son. What's the score? Three one. It is three two, because Steve right. stole the first question. If it's tied, it'll have a tiebreaker, so we can work on that. We can it's carry Christmas. it into future Christmas or ties are good. Yeah, future things. Question four. <laughs> this this game went on longer than I thought it was going to. Oh, wait till we get to my game. Oh dear, this is a three-hour show, isn't it? <laughs> question four. In which year did Sporting Club de Portugal sign Ryan from Dundee United? Was it A, 2013? Was it B, 2014? Was it C, 2015? Or was it D, 2016? I'm just going to go 2016. Uh-uh. I'm going to go... Uh, oh, how old is he now? He is... Uh, let me tell you. Or, he was no, no, you don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell me how old he is. That's fine. Um, it's been. Damn it! I can't do math in my head anymore. I'm gonna say 2014. Correct. It's tied up at three apiece. Ding, 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 ding. I figured he would go when he's 18. Yeah, July 2nd in the summer before the 14-15 season. So two questions to go. Number five. How many under-21 caps does Ryan have for Scotland? Wait, does Steve Clark coach that team? No. Because <laughs> I was going to I was gonna ask you how many he had for the senior team. Do you know how many he's got for the senior team? Four? Zero. I Zero. Thought... Steve oh. would have got that right. Zero so far. So how many has he got under-21-wise? Two, five, eight, or 11? I'm going to go with five. Wrong. Can Steve, what, go ahead. What, which one is it? What is it, numbers? 2, 8, or 11 is what you're left with. Under uh, 21 he guessed, caps. He, he guessed 5. I'll say 8. Oh, is 11. Oh. How someone can get capped 11 times at under 21 level and numerous times at under 18 level as well and not get a sniff of the senior team baffles me. Especially when you've been playing the top tier in Portugal. I just... I, I really don't know what he has to do to to get into the team right now. He could probably win MVP in MLS and still not get in. Imagine, uh, like, other countries had that rule, like, like uh, a, a Canada or a US, like, if you play outside our country, you're not going to play for the league or something, or for the national team. Other teams would be totally decrepit. Hey, we and, can and claim him for Canada. We can. He can, he can tie, cup, cup tie. Yeah, after a while of living here. Or we'll somebody get... makes an exception. Could we get him to ditch his girlfriend and find a Canadian girl? A bit, bit harsh, I know. Or I, I didn't meet her, but I, I, she was at the hotel. I remember, I saw. I, I yeah, you bumped into my whistler. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't talk to him, but I talked to Flo a little bit. They've been together for like years from when he was in Scotland, so they're a Good lovely couple. So the final question: What we're going to do is because there's four answers, you'll each get two chances to answer until someone gets the question right. So it's tied at three. So this is for Zach to win it. 
and we're right up to date here. What, what, what if we do this? What if we go back and forth and uh, pick oh, which like, answers, and then like do we do Abba? Yeah, and then you hold on to it, and then and then you tell us which one was the right one, so we don't go back and forth. He picks oh. one answer, I'll pick one answer. He picks one answer, I'll pick one answer. All right, and okay. Then you reveal the answer. Okay. So, which team did Ryan make his Whitecaps MLS debut against? Was it A, San Jose, B, Austin, C, LA Galaxy, D, LAFC? Pretty sure it was LA Galaxy. Your answer, Steve? I'll take uh, Austin. What would your second answer be? Well, it would still be LA Galaxy, but what, sir, what are the other options left? <laughs> LAFC or San Jose? Oh, I'll take LAFC. I'll take LAFC. And I'll take San Jose. It was the LA Galaxy. Yeah. 77th minute sub in a 1-1 draw. I thought someone might fall for the... He scored his first goal against LAFC. Yeah. And they went down that. Because that's what uh, I thought. I, it, I thought it was LAFC I, when I was putting I, this together. And I was like, I, oh, it wasn't. I, I knew it was over as soon as you asked the question because I knew he would get Yeah, I knew that one. See, I, I can't remember recent things. Ask me about stuff from years ago. I said, like, oh, yeah, I remember that game from 2009. I just want to apologize now because my, mine is not multiple choice. Oh, oh man. I want to make this easy and for the folk listening at home anyway. But Well, my, my game style prohibited it from being all multiple choice. Oh. Well, that, that's our first of our three game segments over for the night. Hope you've enjoyed that. We've got two more to come. We'll see what they bring. But let's get back to another little Christmas chat that I had. Everyone loves a white Christmas, and it's looking like we might actually be getting that in the lower mainland this year. So, who has a white Christmas every year? People in the North Pole, people in Finland, and Brian White and his family. It's also a white Christmas for them. Let's hear a little bit about a Brian White Christmas. What is Christmas like in the White Household? I, I, I won't make any White Christmas jokes, but are, are you going to be going back to Jersey for Christmas? And if, if so, what's the White family Christmas like? Uh, yeah, I'll be going back to Jersey. Um, I'll be spending most of the Christmas at my girlfriend's house. My parents live in South Carolina now. Um, ah. Yeah, so it's maybe, I'm not sure what my mom's plan is or my dad's plan is, but we'll figure that out uh, eventually. And do you have any particular song, favorite Christmas song that for you that just that's the holidays? Well, White Christmas, actually, because that's my favorite uh, Christmas <laughs> movie. Excellent. We will play a version of that for you on the show. Thank you. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I am dreaming 
Brian White celebrating a white Christmas there, as he does every year in New Jersey. That's nearly it for this part, but I'm going to just round off this part with a little bit of festive fun. And this is something I obviously like to do on the website a lot. I come up with our team of the week, where we, we've ripped this totally from off the ball uh, Scottish football show in Scotland that's run since the 90s. But team of the week, where we do puns about players' names and try and come up with a theme and have just things like that. So I've come up with a 2021 Whitecaps Festive Eleven. So this is only Whitecaps players that have played for the club in 2021. And for one of them, I had to also dip down a little bit to the under-23s because I was struggling because it wasn't a great selection of players. So I'll tell everyone what I've got. And if there's any other ones that you, you think have missed out or any that you can think of, you can throw them in. So I've gone for a, a 3-4-2-1 formation. Christmas tree formation. It's Christmas. Why would you not for a festive 11? In goals, I've got Isaac Bomer. Because a Christmas and Santa's sack. Back three, Joke Nerwinski. Not because he's a joke of a defender, but because of the jokes you get in the Christmas crackers. Candy Rose. Because everyone gets candy at Christmas. And we thought we saw the back of him, but no, he's back. Jasser Kameri. Four-man midfield. Marcus Godin. Yo, ho, ho, ho. They don't get any better. Defensive midfielder. Michael Bobbledissimo. Alongside of him, Leo Ubusu. Why? Because he's Jingles. Oh, he's Jingles, so jingle, jingle Bells. And then for the last midfielder, I went down to the, the under-23s, because why could I not? It's Elijah Ba Humbug. Very talented young player, actually, Elaji Ba. So watch out for him in years to come and watch for him in the MLS Next Pro League. He's a guy that's definitely going to be lighting it up. My two wingers, I've got Ryan Rapping Oso. I told you these weren't good. And Christian Dahomey, because 
Christian for Zach threw that in for for Christmas time. Yeah. And up front, of course, it is Brian White Christmas. And who's going to manage the team? Vanny something. Mark DeSantis. Oh, Mark DeSantis, fantastic. So if you've got any other ones from 2021 Whitecaps, let us know. But that's the end of our nonsense for part one. We're back with our feature interview. And you're not going to want to miss this one as we sit down for an end of season chat. And I look forward to 2022 with Whitecaps head coach, Vanny Sartini. Hey, I am Axel Schuster and I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show, the 2021 Christmas special on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. And kicking off this part, it's our Artists of the Month from November. Remember them? Back last month? From Jersey City, New Jersey, Crazy and the Brains. That was a Christmas song that they brought out in 2016, a cover of the Beach Boys 1965 classic, Little Saint Nick. Love the xylophones in that, and it's a very good cover version. So for this part, it's time for our feature interview. As I mentioned at the start of the show, at the end of every year, we like to sit down with the head coach and do our end-of-season chat with him. We started it off in 2013 with Carol Robinson, we've done it with Robbo, we've done it with Mark DeSantis, now we've done it with Vanny Sartini as well. So go put the kettle on, 
make your favourite hot beverage, or treat yourself to maybe a a nice little eggnog or something, grab a mince pie, chocolate digestive, maybe one of the mince pie chocolate digestives, and combine them if you were lucky enough to get to one of the local stores. Sit back and enjoy our chat with Vancouver Whitecaps head coach, Vanny Sartini. Looking, I guess, at your year's journey, you, you, where yeah. you started off the year, you'd just taken on a new role, director of methodology, head coach of the under-23s. You finished the year still director of methodology, but now head coach of the first team. How do you look back at the journey that you've had this year? Well, it's been crazy, to be honest. Uh, I have to be completely honest. When I, got the, when I took the job, I didn't want to be an assistant coach anymore. Because I want to, I wanted to go in a leadership position to prepare me also in the future, uh, be a head coach uh, uh, of the first team, and uh, that was the kind of the plan. But the plan was to be in the to be in the role of the under twenty three and the head of methodology full time at least for a couple of years, and then try to go even with the White Cups or somewhere else and try to 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 play my chances as an head coach. Uh, this process has been uh, highly accelerated <laughs> and uh, I think that the journey has been crazy but I'm I'm very happy that uh, I had this I think that the first uh, seven months uh, being uh, at the head of the under 23s even if we didn't have a league but being in charge uh, again after a lot of years that I've been an assistant and or I didn't have a team because I was with the U.S. soccer just being full-time in the role of coach of the coach, he gave me again the idea of uh, how to lead a group, how to, to work with them, how to translate my ideas in uh, principle on the field. And uh, if uh, the three months with the first team has been successful, I think that uh, there's a lot of credit of the first seven months that I that I spent with the under twenty three. Yeah, I, I mean, I I only saw a couple of the under twenty threes games, and you had the team playing some some lovely stuff. <laughs> what do you feel you've learned about yourself the, this year, both as a coach and and both as a person? Some things actually, and uh, you know, uh, I learned that uh, again. You need to be yourself if you want to be uh, successful. The first day that I got the job, I was a l- very overwhelmed, to be honest. And uh, I didn't know if I have to be... Uh, so maybe I have to change a little bit my style. I'm going on the first team. I've never been a head coach of the first team, blah, blah, blah. But then I actually realized that, uh, no, I need to be myself the, the same way that I, I always coach and I need to coach with them, the same way that I'm, that I'm representing myself with people. I have to represent myself with the, uh, with the team, with the media. And uh, that has been for me the key of uh, even, I would say, selling the ideas in the best, uh, in the best way. You were saying before that uh, uh, we need to be confident uh, if you want to be a, a football manager or a head coach. And uh, if you don't believe in your ideas, it's impossible to be confident. And so you need to be yourself. And that's the thing that uh, I learned even more. And uh, the other thing that I uh, probably uh, learned about about, uh, coaching that uh, 
you need to be when it's all in you need to be all in i'm gonna and i'm and i'm gonna explain you we, we can go even to specific stuff uh if i have to play that way of game again i wouldn't be i would be less conservative uh, tactically and uh i would be more uh, let's go there and do it because that that has been what we uh what we our strength for the entire season yeah i think when the the team turned around it was you were playing quite carefree and it's like let's just go for this we've nothing to lose now let's just see if we can go on a run and that's how things came across and then obviously when you get to playoffs it it does get a bit more cagey i don't think anyone really expected kc to maybe come out the way that they did as well but Growing as a coach then, because obviously you, you've you done a lot of teaching of coaches yeah. and you've now come into this. Is there anything that you look at where you are now than when you came into the head coach's role that you think, wow, that's been a, that's been a big improvement or that's, that's been something that's really kind of come together for me in the last couple of months, if that makes sense? Yeah, you see, you see improvement that I uh, brought to the team, or improvement in for me as a person. Well, actually, to both, because I was going to ask about the team, but like to, to you as a person, but also to uh, the for team. Me, uh, for me as a person, I think that uh, you know, uh, I'm start. I'm, I'm I'm actually still learning the the job day by day. I give you an example that there's a lot of things to do in the off season that. I never done before, and because I've, I wasn't in charge of the team, and uh, so I'm learning how to do it, and it's improving me, and it try and it tries to, and it improves. It's improving my, I would say, organizational skill and probably my leadership skills on the thing outside the pitch, you know, and because I have to deal with a lot of things that I that I, I hadn't do before, and of course you 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 try to to be prepared, but a lot of things you're learning on the client. So that's that's the thing. So I would say that thing, actually, I'm, I'm feeling that I'm improving a lot at that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be enough or not, but I'm, feel, I'm, I'm feeling much more comfortable in doing it. For the team, uh, I think the team improved a lot. Right? But so I'm not here to self-promote myself, but uh, it's like... Uh, they did, I, though. <laughs> I, I they, think they the team improved a lot, and... Uh, uh, because uh, I think that, and again, for me, everything starts from the field and tactically. I think that tactically we were highly organized. Uh, we played probably, if we have to, to say something, uh, that, it, that we can improve kind of a monodimensional game. So we need to, we, we, we lay some solid foundation for the next year. So, but we played a very organized uh, uh, football, I would say, especially our uh, way of defending and uh uh, with clear ideas when we had the ball. We need to improve a little bit, in my opinion, now that we became a better team, imposing our game better and getting more possession in the, off- in, in the, in the opposition half. But I think that the best improvement is that the team now has an identity and uh, is, is, is very well organized. Yeah. It, it, like, all respect to, to Mark, and I, I'm a long-time friend of Mark's, and he struggled to get that identity. I know what he wanted because he told us about it and he showed us stuff. And mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. Whether it was the players that were there couldn't play it or didn't want to, to listen to him on the pitch or whatever. But it does feel that the team's got that now. 
there's also, I I guess, like being confirmed as head coach, it, it was no surprise to, to us. Um, I don't know if you were fully expecting it. I would imagine you would have been with the, the run that you went on. But in this game, like never say never because... Yeah, you say never. You, know, you, don't, you don't know. I actually, uh, when we beat Minnesota, when the, the day when we beat Minnesota, uh, uh, we went to the locker room and I spoke with the other guys on the staff and I say, yeah, so we we earn we earn we earn we earn the spot we earn the place for next year uh, because we were doing a fantastic job we were winning against top teams and it was not the first time we were we were being consistent the team was playing well and to be honest uh, I say okay we, we we got the job for next year and I know that after like eight nine games that we were playing so well and uh, also the fact that. Uh, the personality that I got, it made me became also a little bit of a kind of a media, media, well, not sensation, but you know, a media M- darling. Yeah, on the on the even on even on the national side, on the MLS uh, uh, website and uh, and everything. So I said, okay, if the White Cups are not going to give me the job, I'll probably get a job somewhere else. So yeah. I was. Uh, I was but that my priority was always uh, staying here and uh, you know I have to be honest I, I got a couple of clubs that called me but uh, before the White Cups offered me the job but I, I, I told to them uh, uh, no I have to wait I want to wait them first and uh, uh, I don't want to even think about uh, leaving here because I like being here yeah I, I mean I'm not expecting you to, to confirm or this or not but all, all I'll say is I was on uh, a uh, end of season call that Pat Onstad had with Houston and he was waxing lyrical about you and saying that you were the kind of guy he wanted and the personality that he wanted in a coach and I was like oh well if the Whitecaps don't don't pull that trigger on you then someone else is going to come in and snap you up so yeah Pat Pat is my friend and uh, let's say that Pat uh, we we had a friendly call before <laughs> I would imagine you would so now that you're confirmed as head coach, you can obviously put all your your plans into into fruition. What are you most looking forward to to next season? Is it the fact that you've now got a team that you can mould exactly how you want it and make your own additions, or is it just like everything about this? It's going to be exciting for you, I'm sure. It is. I think what what I want to do is first of all confirming the identity. I don't think we need to change. I think we need to be a team like uh, we've been like this season very well organized defensively, very aggressive in the pressure, try to to be the team that you don't want to play against that because it's constantly biting at you. And uh, at the same time, I want to add the layer on top that uh, uh, we've been very good at being very direct and going on the, on the opposition half. I would like to add a layer on top that uh, there are some games where probably we have to impose more our game and uh, not relying just on the fact that they have the ball we need to counter. Uh, like, for example, the last game in uh, Kansas City that uh, they had, they, had, they actually applied a different strategy when they came at BC Place. They didn't press us. They were much lower. Uh, so we need to add that on our team that we didn't have this year. Uh, and uh, the second thing that uh, I want to add is like... Uh, to have a secondary structure. We had, uh, I think we we worked a lot on this, our back three and four midfielders and uh, and, 
and we will, it will be the, the starting point even next season. But uh, there are going to be uh, moment next season maybe that we have to play with a different structure and uh, uh, we'll have, we'll have uh, time in preseason to identify which is going to be our second best structure and also to apply them when uh, we think that uh, we're going to need it. Yeah, I, I've always liked three at the back. Whenever the Whitecaps have played it in the past, it's been disastrous. Um, it's just never worked out. But the 3-4-1-2 or 3-4-3 three, three, or however you want to to, to brand it... 3-4-1-2, I call it 3-4-1-2. Yeah, it, 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 work, it works good. And I, I like it. And I, I guess if you do play that constantly, teams are going to work out ways to to negate it so you have to get another structure yeah the, the, the other thing as well that i guess folk are wondering is this season was it magic in a bottle did you just happen to come in at the right time and ignite everything being back at bc place did, do you feel that pressure that because you did so well in year one folk are now expecting you to do even better in year two yeah yeah a little a little for sure uh and uh it's it's uh a little scary, but it's also beautiful. And uh, so I'm actually looking forward. Uh, and I think that the key is to keep uh, having this uh, relationship with the fans is to show the, to show the fans that uh, we're still that team, that, that relentless team that wants to win every game, especially at BC Place. I think that uh, that's the key. Uh, and uh, But I feel a little bit the pressure. I, I went to a Canucks game uh, few days ago and a lot of people recognized me on the stands and they were always say, oh next year next year next year and it's beautiful but then i was talking to my wife and say hey hopefully next year is gonna be good <laughs> i know that the fan base here can be very fickle as, as i'm hopefully you don't find out so looking at the squad then uh i don't know how much you, you want to say but for, for me the where it fell down a lot this year, I felt was in the middle of the park. I just, and I know we, we didn't have Kyle for a, a big spell of that, and VT just hasn't even had a chance to kick a ball yet. It, it just feels that with, with the formation that you like to play, trying to fit the offensive pieces that you've got into that formation, along with having sort of defensive structure with the wing backs. It doesn't leave a lot of room in the middle of the park, but it also feels that in the middle of the park is where we were maybe the weakest area this year. We just maybe didn't have enough creativity at times early on when Ryan came in, obviously things changed in an AM role. But the, the kind of the destroyer, the long balls forward, do you feel that that's what Kyle's going to add? Or do you feel that is an area that you you are needing to strengthen a little bit? Well, Kyle is uh, again it's a different player. Uh, first of all, when we talk about middle of the park, I'm talking about the two midfielders on the the four, right? Because yeah. Ryan, I consider Ryan an offense or the number ten an offensive player. So the yeah. middle of the park, like in the if we talk about the last game that we played, they played under me is where uh, Rusty and Leo they were playing. Yeah, most most of the time. And yeah. Jenny played, Baldi played too. Like your traditional six and eights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I I believe that in 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 my team, uh, uh, there's no six, there's no eight. Both the player needs to be a six and an eight. 
because it's according where the ball is that either you are a little higher on the pitch or a little lower. And when you are defending, you are either the guy who presses or the guy who covers. It's, it's, it's according where the ball is. So both the players need to be ready to do the number six and the number eight. Uh, Kyle, for sure, he has quality that uh, no, no one else in the team uh, in that position has. He, he can play the, that, uh, that through ball forwards that uh, uh, it's not uh, in the technical quality of the other players. We have uh, Leo that is very good at uh, getting out of pressure with the 1v1, for example, and uh, going to a breakaway. We have Rusty that is, uh, is really good, you know, is always pressing every, every ball and is always in the right position. And to be honest, he also showed that if we give him trust and we, if we give him uh, the right structure, can be a guy that is also uh, brings something offensively because he scored goal, he made assists. So I think that with Caio we are already having a different option. So we'll 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 have a, we'll have a, we, of course Caio. We have to be sure that uh, he's going to be fit and he's going to be ready tactically to play because the most important thing is that the players need to do what the team wants. So it's not about the quality of one player, but it's the it's about how do you fit inside the team. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, to give it to you, uh, we don't need a revolution. So we signed mm. the guy, a defender in the expansion draft yeah. uh, because we like him. Also, he can bring uh, something that is different than the other side center back. But at the moment, we only had three side center backs. So Jake Nerwinski, Florian Jangort, and Eric Godoy. With Tristan, we have four now. We had four for two spots, and we and we left competition because that's what I, I wanted in the in the three months that uh, I was in charge, and that what happened. Uh, that what will happen the next year. You won't see a starting eleven. You will have like, or hopefully, you will have eighteen starters. Yeah, I, I think that kind of be- became clear uh, as the season went on that that's how you you view things. And in modern day mm-hmm. football, I can't remember. A coach said to me once that in modern day football you have to have a squad now. You can't yeah. just have an eleven. Um so like Jake Narwinsky, you you look at him now as a centre back as opposed yeah. to a right back. Yeah. I can give you also a, a little little, I don't know, breaking news and uh, uh I Dahome is a wing back, he's not a strike. Oh. That's that's interesting because I I don't feel his defensive work has sometimes been the best. I know, but uh, it's what you said before. I think our best offensive performance were when Christian was a wing was a wing back, because we had in this way much more quality offensively, because we had a player more. We could have played. Sometimes we played Cavallini and Brian. Sometimes we played Daber uh, next to Brian uh, up top. Uh, I give you. I give you example when we beat Austin, when we beat Portland, uh, when we beat uh, Dallas at home. I think that uh, offensively they were our best performance. And of course, we'll need to work with him defensively. And it doesn't mean that uh, he's going to play every game there. But in my mind at the moment, he's going to play a lot of games there. Interesting. Because like when, when we signed Tristan Blackman, I when I was looking at his stats, because obviously he played a lot as a right back, but he also yeah. played... Uh, on the right side of a back three. So yeah. when I saw that, I was like, well, that's obviously perfect for us. But his offensive uh, output 
hasn't been great in terms of assists and stuff. And I think for for me, and you don't have to to agree to this, but I, I think that's what's let Jake down as a right back before is that his offensive output hasn't always been great. And it seems to have been a struggle that we've had with a number of our right backs and left backs in recent years is they've just not had the assists or the goals that you look around the league and some of the other fullbacks are doing. But in this I... formation, every it seems to 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 fit. And I guess in this formation, you're needing these wing backs to be able to produce offensively as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. That's the reason why for me, Tristan and Jake are not uh, wing backs or wide players. Are uh, perfect to to play the side centre back role uh, because to play in that role, you need to be fast as a fullback and good, very good one one v one defending and uh, not be scared to defend the space uh, on your side. And uh, I think I think Jake did a fantastic part of the season. And, uh, yeah, he really surprised me when he uh, went into that position. I was like, wow, he's really good. I always here. knew because for me that's his position. I always knew that he was that that his position. And uh, to play in the wide position, especially for us that we play with the back three, so you start with the, with with the higher, you need the different set of quality and being good offensively, good one v one, a good crosser. Uh, having the possibility even to score, uh, uh, you know, we don't have it now because it was on loan, he went back, but having the quality of crossing of Bruno Gaspar, for example, but Javain Brown is a guy that can be very good. Guti is very well educated with his left foot. So Marcus Godinho is very good technically too. So I think that with the addition of Dajo in the mix there, like he already played because he, I think he played half of the games under me as a wingback, half of the game as a strike. So instead of having 50-50, I envision next year to be kind of 75-25 uh, at least, this uh, this percentage. That that at least what we aim, because it would be if we teach him and if we are uh, get a defensive structure that is sound with him as a wingback, it allows us to have more, one more offensive play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is fantastic. Last couple of things. Obviously, roster spots are at a premium at the moment. The guys that's out on loan helps because before the signing of Tristan, I think it was five available spots. Now, I guess it's four. Yeah. It, it's tough at the moment because you've got this new league coming in. You've got MLS Knicks Pro. So yeah. you've you've got that, that team now that these young guys that need the minutes, they can play in that. But at the same time, it's like, are are these guys then going to be taking up an MLS roster spot without really having a chance of seeing the first team? I agree. Whereas you could have other guys coming in that would maybe impact the, the first team. It feels like that's going to be a tough balance for you over the, the coming weeks and months. Yeah, probably. It's going to be the first... The first year is going to be an adjustment, but long-term, I think, and, uh, you know, it's maybe... Uh, it's a club decision, but let's say we're we just talking, talking, me and you now. And uh, I think that if you have the second team, you don't need a big roster in the first team. I think that you don't need 26, 27, 28 players. You need uh, two players for each spot, 22, and then the other guys, they need to be academy guys that play in the second team. Because uh, if not, which is the reason to have the academy and to have, uh, and yeah. to have the the second team and of course in this way also you can also analyze who's going to doing very good in the second team and promote them to the first team 
So of course, it's a, it's a thing that is going to be uh, done in uh, in the next one, two, three years. Because of course, not having a second team before forced us to have a lot of players in the roster spot. Because if someone happened, you had to have someone there ready to ready to be there, even even for training. Uh, but in the future, I think that having the second team would be ideal for the growth of the young players, ideal for the club, because we want, we no longer will be forced to quote-unquote uh, bet on a player when he's 16, but we can wait a little bit because he has a second team contract and see if he's, going, if he's doing well to put in the first team. And then for the player, when he's going to come to the first team, he's going to be a real player on the first team, yeah. not the 20 player of the roster. Yeah, I think that that's what's been tough. Like I, a guy like let's just say Cam Habidala. Yeah, yeah. Watched it's, him come through the academy. Everyone that uh, that came up from that signed the contract in the last few years, like uh, Gianfranco Facchineri, Simon Colline, Damiano Piccile. It's really hard to come into the into a team, and uh, when there's already twenty players, and find a way. To be a starter or to be on the bench oh, yeah. when you're 17 years old, when the coach is fighting for his job every week. Yeah. So it's now it's gonna be totally different, in my opinion. Now we're gonna have those players playing, not signing an MLS contract immediately, but going to the second team, seeing them much better in the second team. And then now, okay, when when they're ready, they come and they're gonna be one of the 22, not the number 27, 28, or 29. Do, do you think this will stop loan deals happening as much then? And that instead of loaning a guy to, say, a, a Canadian Premier League side, you're going to be like, I want to keep them close at hand so I can like work with them? For the young, young guys, yes, for sure. I'll give you an example. We have uh, Matteo Campagna and Kama Mibula. We want them to be with our second team. We don't want them to loan them because we want them to see them in-house. And if they're ready bring into the first team tomorrow not just not 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 next year and uh, uh but the loan will be always a solution for i would say kind of an older player that are not finding uh, uh, older i mean even if you are 23 or 24 and not 37 uh that you're not finding maybe a spot at this moment but you can you can find uh, someone something uh, something different uh, somewhere else i think that the mls2 allows us to OMLS Next Gen Pro, whatever it's going to yeah. call, uh, allows us to make our players better, for sure. The schedule's out. It's a weird schedule for me in that you've got chunks of games on the road and then chunks of games yeah. at home and not... Do you like that? Or would you rather have the old-fashioned home away, home away? I don't I don't even like and dislike. I know it's MLS. What I like, that's, I think, only five games on Wednesday and uh, four or five yeah there's, five, and so there's two, two on Friday there's a lot of normal week so one yeah. game per week. so I that's that's what I want so you can you can prepare the game every time and you can really make I would say educated decision on who's going to play who's not and not doing things just before just because okay you play there so you don't play there in order to play there that sometimes in MLS you, you need to do it uh Personally, I like the fact that we don't have to play in Florida, so there's no 10-hour trip there. That can be always tricky. I'm a little bit sad that uh, we play Chicago at home and then we don't go to Chicago because Chicago is my favorite city. And so, 
there. <laughs> but uh, but for the rest, it's okay. The only thing that I don't like that we play both the first game and the last game away. I think that if you don't play the home opener, at least the last game you should play on. Yeah, this is the first year we've never been a, a well, a, aside from last year we were in, in Utah, yeah. but it's the first year we've never had a home home game. And yeah. it's because they can't get BC place, which is the, the yeah. frustrating thing. So it's, it's weird to start on the road, but I agree with you. If you don't start at home, you, you should be finishing at home as well. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about this season getting disrupted by COVID? Maybe things changing and are, are you prepared to, to be in charge of a team that might have to say be based in, in the US for a bit? Uh, I hope not to be honest. I hope I, I hope not. I think in the last two years told us that uh, you know, it's almost silly to make long-term plans in this way. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be ready to do everything of course uh, but I'm confident that now, organizationally, both, let's say, MLS and club side, but also the government, everything, and the way that we are dealing with this pandemic is so, I would say, much more organized than before. We know much more things that uh, I don't I don't envision that we have to go away. So that's... Uh, but, of course, if there's... Uh, we know that it's possible that again in March they say, "Hey, this, the season is stopped for three weeks, and then you have to play seventy-five games in three." We know, we know, it's, it I is know. like it, it's <laughs> no, it, it's all really, I guess, on the border regulations and stuff just now. Yeah. So, last thing, what does the next couple of weeks look like for you? Because we've we've had all the drafts this week. You've got a couple of weeks off before pre-season starts. You've got the Super Draft coming up. But what, what are these next couple of weeks going to look like for you? Yeah, I would say resting a little bit. Uh, I was supposed to go on a trip, but, you know, with COVID and stuff, we decided to stay in Canada and we don't want to put anyone on uh, at risk or put us at risk to be stranded somewhere and don't, not able to get back. So the next couple of weeks will be Staying here, we're getting quality time with with my wife and my cat too. And, uh, and uh, see, she's and, become the star of the season. <laughs> she is. And uh, yeah, of course, uh, you know, uh, having always this thought here about the season, and uh, you know, the, the scouting department and the sporting director are, are working even in the off season because anything that can happen from the market you you need to be ready and with the staff will be will be 100 percent in uh, let's say after the first days of january preparing everything uh, preparing preparing the load for pre-season i'm actually a very excited man i'm really looking forward to, uh, to start and to be to be in a new season because uh, you know last year was fun and uh and uh, I want the, the fun keep going. So that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope so. Thank you for your time as always, Vanny. Have a great Christmas period. Look forward to, to seeing you in the new year. And congrats on losing the interim tag and good luck next season. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, thanks for having me anytime. You know, I, I love this chat. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from Vanni Sartini there. 
and we will be back unpacking some of what he said there after this. Hi, this is Flo Jungwirt, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM and it's the 2021 
Christmas special here in the AFTN Soccer Show. And kicking off this part, it's a band that we love here. Steve and me, big fans of them, The Monkeys. We talked recently about the sad passing of Michael Nesmith. That was a song from their 2018 Christmas album and the only Christmas album that they ever brought out. I was amazed that they'd never brought out a Christmas album in the 60s because you'd have thought... They would have cashed in on that and made an absolute I'm fortune. I'm almost sure there was a Christmas episode, though. I'm, there was I'm Christmas episode. I think there was because two, there was, and they had a couple about, of Christmas songs. Yeah, there was a Christmas episode that uh, featured uh, Peter. I think Peter was the main person in that Christmas episode, if I'm not mistaken. Him learning the meaning of Christmas or something. I can't remember. Ah. I just can't remember fully, but I think it was him. But yeah, so yeah, you're. I'm right. I'm, you're right. I'm surprised that they didn't have a Christmas. Uh, I mean, uh, back album. then they had everything for the monkeys, from dolls to key rings and like anything you wanted, monkeys wise. So to not cash in a Christmas album is incredible. I, I, I wasn't big into monkeys like you guys were, but the one thing I share in common with you is I know what Steve has shared in the past is that my introduction to them was through much music. Mm. Yeah. That the, the show being on much music is the the only way I, I never ever knew about them, um, but yeah, I was never like big into them way way you guys are. Well, that was their 2018 album, as I said, Christmas Party. It's called, and that was a song, "Unwrap You at Christmas." It's a song I had in my head this week as I was putting the rundown together, and it was annoying Caitlin as I was going around the house singing to her, which I thought sweetly, "I just want to unwrap you at Christmas." But it got on her nerves after a while. But Christmas, it's about many things. And on this show, it's about unwrapping presents. So we open my presents at the start of this show. Now in this part, we're going to open Zach's presents. So anything you want to tell us, Zach, before we dig into them? Should we open them in any order? Actually, wait, wait, actually, open your cards last. Actually, let's oh, change okay. Open everything else first. Michael, go smallest to biggest, Michael. Smallest and Steve, you can just open okay. yours. I, I know what one of them is because it weighs a ton. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got the first one here. Opening mine at the same time. It's a legendary relevations. Revelations. You don't yeah, have the one. You don't have the one, do you? No, we don't have this one. Okay, it's like a it's a bigger deck. It's, it comes with 200 cards. It's got yeah. Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, it's, War Machine, uh, it, the Mandarin, and the Tenerine. Super good timing because we're just getting back into playing this again just nice. recently. So will, it'll give you some good options. Yeah, for Z- sure. Zach's given me a present that I would say is three three inches tall and it has so much sellotape on it I cannot open it. It's very oh, small, Michael. I've, I've got it. That's what Caitlin says to me all the time. Oh, is it a Freddo the Frog? It's a Freddo the Frog. <laughs> was I talking to you guys about Freddo the Frog? Or was I it don't Caitlin? Know. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. It's so funny. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm so excited. It was Caitlin, I think, I told about this. So I used to have Christmas parties. They were legendary. And uh, I think they were legendary. Just like my gift to Steve. Yeah. And one year, because we, we did a nightmare after Christmas party one year. So we had a kind of horror theme. So one of my friends, John, got dressed as a ghost, which was basically just putting a sheet over his head, but then got quite drunk on Malibu, which is a coconut drink, and ran out into the street because we were on a main road, running around at two o'clock in the morning as a ghost just after Christmas. But one of the other Christmas parties I had, on the invitation it said, everyone had to bring with them a chocolate frog. There ain't no party at my house without a chocolate frog. Nice. Oh, it actually looks like a frog? Yeah, it's, it's Freddo the Frog. So, 
So, Michael, maybe the next thing you should open is that like long, slender-looking thing. Oh my God! This? No. Oh. That, no. Oh, they're they're really long, slender thing. Yeah. Okay. I got just need, after you I, open, I need to warn you about it. Oh, okay. I'm, I was like, I think I might know what this is. Didn't you warn him before he opens it? No, no. It's a selection box. This is good because I was in Black Pudding Imports just today. I didn't buy anything like this. Ooh. So it's a, it's a, it's a stocking. Now, when you look at the opening spot, you'll see that the tape is off. So either my wife or my daughter saw, saw it in her house and started to go through it. But nothing's missing. <laughs> just so you know. Awesome. It's a Cadbury's uh, stocking selection box. Dairy milk, crunchy, another dairy milk, double-decker, twirl, and whisper. Okay, so Michael, now you open. Are you in cahoots with my dentist just to no. double check this? No, your doctor. He told me you need diabetes. <laughs> my dad has that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's type two, though, so it's okay. Oh, it's better. It's okay because yeah. in the hamper I sent him tons of sweet stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, open the heavy thing next, Michael. Not trying to get my inheritance early or anything. Oh my God. I know what the heavy thing is. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, you can open that one. I'll just make sure I don't spill what I'm drinking here. I'm glad you're probably your... why we should video and put these out as videos. Yeah, I'm in such anticipation. I'm right, my face is right up at the camera. <laughs> Where's your rest of your present, Steve? He just has one present in a card. Oh, <laughs> I was waiting for him to open Steve, more of his. Steve can't do chocolate, Michael. Remember? <laughs> oh, that's fine. I don't mind. I don't like it. Oh, ho, ho. I wanted bottles, but they only had cans. Oh, cans are good. Oh, oh look, iron brew. Iron brew. Yeah, I prefer bottles to butter. I'm down to two cans of this, so that's great. Because nice. they'll be gone over Christmas. Thank you. And then the piece de resistance is the last wrapper thing. You know what it is. You need a warning about this one too? No, no. Uh, you know what it is, Steve. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Oh. I don't have any in the house, so thank you so much. There you go. And then you can both open your cards. Cool. Do you know, I just spent the voucher you gave me last Christmas when I met you yesterday. <laughs> because I'd, I'd ordered online and you couldn't use it online because oh, they had yeah. been closed and they hadn't been up since they had reopened again. There you go. I met Zach yesterday because we were picking up Penny's ashes from the hospital. So it was, it was nice to see Zach. Thank you for the card. And then you also included some gift certificates to toy traders. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and I'm actually going tomorrow, so I'll be able to use them right away. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, and I have a certificate for Oh, they're doing a gift card now. Yeah, they changed it. They changed it, Michael. They have actual cards. Oh so maybe you nice. can use that online. I don't know. Oh, I probably can, yes. Thank you so much. No worries. Oh. Thanks, Zach. You're a great friend. So are you Steve, but I know I feel bad because your, your, your gifts now are becoming very predictable. <laughs> Hey, that's fine. I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, be good if there's some digestives in there because I don't have any. Because I went to get the mince pie or the gingerbread ones yesterday, but they were sold out. Oh. Also, uh, the traffic in Langley, don't go during the day if you have to get back to Vancouver. I was 15 minutes late back to work. Don't ever go to Langley. If you, you were going to work? Yes. 
don't don't ever go to Langley if you have to get anywhere else. Like if yeah. you're going to Langley, yeah, that expect now. <laughs> to be gone for the rest of the day. You're done. When we when we went to uh, No Way Home, I forgot I forgot how bad the traffic was in Langley. Yeah, uh. Langley's Langley has got to be the worst traffic, like um, compared to everything else. And relatively, it's it's got horrible traffic. Yeah, fantastic. So thank you so much. We've unwrapped our presents. Let's unwrap now the Vanni Sartini interview or unpack it at, at least. Um, it was a, a very raw uh, and honest interview. I, I thought, Zach, he's he's a guy that is just, he, he's so easy to take to. And there's there's no false graces with him. And everything that he says, you, you believe it and it's coming from the heart and you don't think he's sugarcoating anything or putting anything on. I, I, I know we joke about, oh, it's my favourite interview, etc., etc. But I genuinely enjoyed that. I just thought he was so honest and it was just really, really nice to hear. Yeah, I enjoyed listening to you talk to him. And uh, I like I, I enjoy your, I enjoy your interview style. Like I... I enjoy how you also ask some questions that are maybe bring a little bit of awkwardness or uncomfortability. Um, but um, no, yeah, I thought it was a really, a really quality interview. And that's just usually the chocolate digestive ones. <laughs> in, our, in our Christmas special for the East Fife show, our new assistant manager who we'd spoken to last year, he's a former player, we'd asked him questions about chocolate digestives, fish and chips and jam, and he took ages to answer. And he said at the end... Man, that was the hardest things I've ever been asked in my life. <laughs> um, for me, the Sartini interview, um, you kind of expect that from him. Yeah. To be the honest and raw thing. Uh, the question I have is, was Mr. Whitecap on the line with you? While he was, you were asking? yeah. Okay, so yeah. It, t- typically he like, jumps in there sometimes and, and stops those questions, answers or being answered or whatever. No, but me, he doesn't. <laughs> no, but sometimes he, he, he might. Like if, yeah. it gets, if it gets too raw. Uh, or too honest, you might say you can't talk about that, like especially for transfers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if we started asking about, say, the women's scandal or stuff, it's a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And, but like but that. overall, Sartini's is like that. He wears basically everything on his sleeve. It's hard. Yeah, that that was the phrase brain, I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, heart on his sleeve, brain on his sleeve, liver on his sleeve, every, kidneys on his sleeve. Everything's on his sleeve, basically. He's he's an open book. And a medical journal as well, with the signs of it. Yeah, but Stevie talked about like believing in himself and that he basically bet on himself, yeah, because um, he wanted to be a head coach and he said he felt that him and his team, they they were pretty sure that they had the job permanently after they beat Minnesota. Yeah, I was surprised that early because I thought maybe after the Seattle and clinching the playoffs they thought then, but to think that it was Minnesota and he, after that it's like yep, this is ours now. Uh, I love that I th- confidence. Yeah, but you have to expect that on any coach. Any coach, even coaches that get fired uh, are, are going to bounce back. They always have confidence in themselves. I think if if you don't have confidence in yourself, whether you express it or not, you're not going to have a job in, in coaching or in the MLS. Uh, can you imagine an un- like somebody that doesn't have confidence trying to be a head coach? It's not going to happen. Um, but the Minnesota game, I think for him, he's felt like like they did everything they could at home to be in a position and it was going to be a tough road slog because I think it was last two games was, was it LAFC in Seattle? Uh, my mind's yeah. already failing me. Yeah. LAFC uh, and, away, Seattle at home. Uh, Seattle at home. So he, I think they probably felt that those were going to be difficult games, but they were in a position with two games to go. And I think that's what maybe, maybe the people that uh, maybe Axel told him, if, as long as you're in position by the end of the season, where you can make it exciting for everybody, 
I, I think you, you have a good shot at that. Maybe they, he was discussed too before that. So I think it, a lot had to do with being in that spot because where they came from to where they ended was was fantastical. Yeah, and if they had missed it by a pointer here, I think he still might have got the job. Yeah, you have to have confidence as a manager as well. You you do have to believe in yourself, and you it's like you, you've got to bet on yourself to to get these positions. And he, I mean, he spoke about how he wanted to go into the under twenty three role and director of methodology with a view to moving into being a head coach. And he, he's just done that journey a little bit sooner than than he thought. Now next season, Zach, he wants the team to be more aggressive. And he, he wishes he was more aggressive in that KC playoff game, which it's refreshing to hear him say that. Because I, I know after some of Robbo's playoff defeats, he felt the tactics were right, but I don't think they were. But he knows he maybe should have been more aggressive. He wants to improve the team and how they play in the opponent's half of the field so that more of the players in that end of the field and they're not reacting to what's happening in their end of the pitch. He feels the team has an identity now, and I think that's definitely something that you can say about it. And it is something that Mark struggled to find for whatever reason here in his two and a half years tenure was just to try and stamp that identity on it. And I think we have it here now, Zach. Yeah, um, I think I think on field formationally, uh, they do have like a new identity that they haven't had before. But I think it was also, I think. I think it was coming at the end. Did De Santos play three, four, one, two with Ryan? I think he did too, right? Possibly. I think it started there. But anyways, yeah, they, I think they have definitely uh, a, a way they want to play, and I think that they like everything is set up in a way, such a way that they they know they can see, like they've had some success with, so they feel confident in it, you know. Um, as opposed to this is just the way we play because it's you know who we have or. Uh, it's what the coach wants or whatever. It's like, I think they have some buy into this because they've sort of achieved something in the sense of making the playoffs. Um, but I, what I, what I liked more so about, about the whole identity thing, especially for like formation and tactical approaches, how, how he talked to you about how he knows they need to add, they need to add to that. They need to have a, a secondary option and how he seemed excited about, you know, being able to do that in a preseason so that they are not just a kind of a one note kind of team. Um, because I, I agree with you. I agree with him that, yeah, against against Kansas City, they needed to play in a different way and they kind of couldn't just do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Steve, everyone is expecting the three four one two, So Vanny knows they have to get the, the second formation. He said for him... In that formation and the way that he plays in the midfield, there's no number sixes. There's no number eights. That those two midfielders have to be both a six and both an eight. Yeah. How how would you see another formation working out? You have to think flat back four, but then yeah. how else would you you go with that? I would uh, essentially for me it would be almost like uh, you, like you can do multiple things, but yeah, it'd have to be a flat flat back four. With uh, you know, one of the center back center backs who are kind of like a, a fullback, like a for example, in this kind in new formation, maybe a Tristan Blackman moves to mm. a right back. One of the wingers moves back to fullback, and then um, you push the forward forward. And one of those strikers, like if you have Brian White, for example, and Diver Casido um, up top, maybe one uh, Casido moves to wing, and then you have your middle three to play uh, in, in the midfield. 
that's where I would see the formation. I think they could definitely transition into a four-three-three if they need to. Um, uh, that especially with those six and eights that they have, that that would be ideal because then you can you can sit back with those two midfielders, or they could push forward in either way. And having two six, having a six and an eight as one player is so vital because it, it gives them more flexibility. You the the defenders are never going to know which one of them will move up. Uh, uh, moving forward and which one's going to sit yeah. back. So it gives, they not able to, you know, uh, paint it by the books or paint it by color or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. I, I, I found that really interesting because the, yeah, the, the no, not, not a 608, but two players who can both play both. I think, I think that might be true in terms of the, what they actually do on the field. But I think that they have to be careful that they don't have like, like one of the players needs to have more of an ability to win the ball, right? Like, yeah. I think, I think you, and again, no offense to him. And I know he did a lot of good things this year, but I don't think like Russell Tybert can, you can say he's the guy who's both a six and an eight because Russell Tybert's not a six. Like, you know what I mean? Like he can do a lot of hard work in midfield, like Vanny talked about and stuff, but he, if if you have him with, let's say Caio Alexandra, right? Uh, the, the Brazilian, that to me that doesn't work because you don't have a real true ball winner kind of with them. So I'm happy for them to say I'm happy for him to say, hey, my six and eight, you have to you have to both do both jobs. But if one of them is not more primarily one and primarily the other, but able to do both, I think it's a bit of a mismatch, which is something I think we saw a lot of in 2021. Yeah, I think I think what he I, personally I, I feel what he means is is that the six and eight are not gonna the two midfielders are not gonna be a pure six. Or yeah. pure eight, but they'll have uh, abilities of all of those players. So they'll almost be like a, a, a jack of all trades instead of a you know a, a but, master of one. But that's the thing, though. A lot of people call Rusty a jack of all trades, and I don't think like him specifically can be. He can be one of. He can be your more primarily defensive one, right? Like yeah, with the, with the Caillou, I think he has the ability to yeah drop back and briefly do the role of a six. You know what I mean? And an interchange like that. But I think the person next to him needs to be more defensively focused. So, like yeah. in the team, someone like Janiel Bakel, you know what I mean? Like, yes, they can both do. They can both play the eight, and they can both play the uh, six. The six, but one of them is obviously better. At I, one I, than the other. I personally don't see Bakel as an eight at all. I think he's primarily a six. I don't. I, I think Owusu is better off being a six and an eight, possibly. Yeah, uh, potentially down the road. I uh, think Owusu seems to be the guy that that Vanny likes the most out of those midfield bunch. And and it was uh, not a Tiber for me is a, a not a starting six and eight. He's a bench six and eight. Yeah, who yeah, can come off the sure. bench? Yeah, for sure. But I, I think like we've all we've I think all of us have said before. This is one of the places that they should seriously consider upgrading. Yeah, and I, a couple of players he he talked about positional wise. He he considers Jake Nowinski a centre back. He said he's not a right back. And Christian that, that De was, is not a winger or a forward. He's a he's a wing back. Yeah. yeah. Um. For me, that 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 those, those kind of comments uh, make me think that Zach might have to gift uh, regift your gift to him to Benny Sartini. <laughs> like Jake is definitely for me. He's kind of he kind of impressed me a little bit at center back. I don't think he's a full time center back. I don't think he should be a starter. Uh, Dahomey, on the other hand, he's going to have to do a lot of work to put in the defensive side, yeah. or they're going to have to organize the formation so that he's protected defensively yeah i i think that as much as playing a center back especially in a back three formation brought new life to jake norwitzki in his career in 2021 i think that 
comments like him only being a center back will ultimately see his uh, his options limited both in Vancouver and in MLS in general, I think, in the years going forward, especially when, like, if you look at Vancouver, just bringing in Tristan Blackman. Um, yeah. But, but the, the comment I have a hard time with, yes, is Dahomey is a, is, is a wingback. Number one, I I can guarantee you that is not Christian Dahomey's uh, desire to be primarily a wingback. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And especially that he chose to speak about it so publicly in that way. I think that's kind of interesting. And I wonder if that's, I wonder how, yeah, I just, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in 2022. Because I, I think he said to you, Michael, was it like he he envisions him as, as opposed to maybe 50-50 being 75% a wing back and 25% a striker. Yeah. I think, I don't think that's going to keep uh, a Dahomey very happy, uh, happy for very long. Hey, if he's in the team and he's performing, that's going to keep him happy. It, but, it's up to him to, to grasp this opportunity, but he is going to have to learn a lot about the it, defensive side. Exactly. And it may help them going forward. Like, uh, like he talked to you about and wanting to have, you know, basically another attacking player on the field or whatever, but Steve's right. Teams are going to target that hard. Yeah. Last couple it's of a, things. It's a good movie, Hard Target, by the way. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh. He he spoke about, for him, in this squad of 30, there's 22 first-team players, two for every position, and that's what he's thinking is his first-team squad. The other eight will be with the, the under-23s and the MLS Knicks Pro side. And then if any of them show that they're maybe worthy of minutes in that, then they'll get maybe brought in for, for some time in the first team. Yeah, so he's motiv- looking to work on a smaller roster, really. And and the rest of the players on that roster, like the you know the 23 to 30 or 28 or whatever, that kind of gives them motivation um, yeah. to show that they, you, they need to show something in order to get to that, break into that 22. And it's what he said. With the this new league... They don't just have to give these guys MLS deals for the risk of losing them. It's like now they can have the, this pathway through the under-23s into this and playing competitive games. Now, some might not want that. Some might feel that they're ready to run before they can walk. And we've seen that a number of times over the years. So that that will be something to keep an eye on. And the final thing, Vanny talked about the fact that he knows he's under pressure for next season. And the when... when people see him and stop him it's like oh you're gonna do it next season you're gonna do this so he he knows the pressure's on but he also strikes me as someone that's gonna thrive in that and and love every minute of it but i think you said you're you're this in the last show steve at some point he's going to go on a losing run which he hasn't had yet and it's it's how he deals with that and how everyone around it deals with that as well yeah for sure and i think that's gonna like we've seen definitely one side of Sartini and, and it's a fantastic side of a winning streak, but losing also changes stuff. And it also, the dressing room has been fantastic during their winning streak. The dressing room changes when you're losing yeah. and it's going to happen. They're going to go on a, game, a streak where maybe it's six and uh, six winless or, or four, uh, four game losing streak. And, yeah. and it, and because it comes over a long period, like a month, like a four game losing streak could go over a month in the schedule. And so that's a long time to get people motivated and get them back into the game. Yeah, I, I agree with Steve. Uh, the, the well, it'll be interesting to see how Vanny responds when things don't go well, whether that's results or 
you know, conflict in the team again, whether it was positional or, you know, select squad selection choices or whatever. It'll also be interesting to see how he handles uh, multiple spinning plates. Like we talked about this before in terms of he came in and he had like a singular razor sharp focus. It was win as much as you can to get into that playoff spot, to bring some joy to a not great season and horrible things happening outside of the pitch. And, and he did that. But again, he only had one thing to focus on. Now he has, he'll have many more things to focus on. He'll have multiple things to focus on, including multiple competitions um, and a preseason and maybe pandemic stuff. You never know. And mm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how the year kicks off for sure. But uh, can't wait for next season. Can't wait to see Vanny get a full season in charge. And after we had chatted in that interview, I spoke to him about a couple of things I'd like to talk to him about next year. So he's, so up for this so we're going to have some fun chats with Vanny coming up next year looking forward to those already now his successful season next year is going to rely on a lot of players the the whole team obviously but there's going to be some key players that's going to really stand out for them and one of them of course is designated player Ryan Gold we learned all about him in my quiz in part one let's learn a little bit more about him now as we find out what it's like to have a Ryan Gold Christmas So, Ryan, what is a, a typical Christmas like in the, the Gold household for you? Well, my brother's got two little kids, so the last few Christmases have kind of been more orientated around them. But, yeah, we just normally we all just get together, open presents and, you know, have the traditional meal. So it's a pretty, like, your standard traditional Christmas for us. I take it you're not getting home this year, or, or are you able to get home? I am, yeah. Um, ah. We're getting home next week, I think, just in time with the new kind of COVID day. Yeah. Kind of, um, but yeah, me and my girlfriend will head home um, next week, and then we'll just spend a couple of weeks for with family for Christmas and New Year, and then, and then we'll come back. Fantastic. Is there a particular Christmas song that, for you, when you hear it, that's Christmas? The Pogues. Ah, the yes. Pogues one for me. That's the that's the classic Christmas tune. Fantastic. So we'll play that on the show after we we've played this little bit for you. So thanks. Perfect. For that. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, and no man said to me. Won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you God, I'm the lucky one Came in Years for me and you. So happy Christmas. I love you, baby. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true.
sleep You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were handsome You were pretty queen of New York City When, when the band finished, finished playing They held out for more Sinatra was swinging All the jokes they were singing We kissed on the corner Then danced through the night The boys of the envelope You're a bum, you're a punk You're an old slut and junk Lying there almost dead on a trip in that bed You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy faggot Happy Christmas, you're awesome My God, it's our love The boys of the NYPD Corps Still singing, go and play Ryan Gold chatting about all things with the Gold family Christmas. Him and his girlfriend's back over in Scotland at the moment, so hopefully they're having some nice time over there. And of course, we finished that that segment with his choice of Christmas song, the classic "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. No relation. It's not Christmas without hearing one of those it's songs. A, it's a favorite song of mine. Um... Again, another Much Music shout-out, because I would never have heard of this song unless it showed up on Much Music uh, years ago. Uh, but fa- fantastic song. It actually, like, I don't know, I, I probably didn't mention this before, but I've been playing Christmas songs in the background during the show, and it just came on, like, 10 minutes ago. Like, oh. So it was good timing on that. Nice. Yeah, I, afterwards, I thought, oh, I should have asked Ryan about the fact that he, he's not hearing this Christmas songs and stuff that he's used to because there's so many songs that's played in the UK as I've spoken about that don't get played over here. But then he has been in Portugal for a long, long time. So I guess there's that. As, as and well. also there's Spotify. Nobody listens to the radio anymore. Oh yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> we need boy. some Santa. We need some Santa Super Slay on this episode. Is that from About a Boy? It is. Yeah. Yeah, About a Boy. Yeah, the Hugh Grant movie. Oh. I actually just watched that yesterday. It's, uh, what's his name? It's uh, the the Arsenal football writer dude. I, I could play that song I was telling you about last week if you want. That could be the Christmas number one in the UK. Oh yeah, no, let's not do that. All right, okay then. Well, let's not do that. But I'll tell you something we will do. It's time now for our second game of this episode, and this time. It's Zach, as it's me against Steve Pander. Okay, so because I'm from Sudbury, I, of course I have to go with uh, a game of the of one of the greatest hosts in uh, television, uh, Alex Trebek. So we're gonna play some Jeopardy. So I sent you a link in the chat. Oh. Okay. Now here we go. So team number one. Who wants to be team number one? Steve can be team number one. Sure. Okay. So Steve, choose a category and choose. A- I'll go um, Canadian men's national women's team for a hundred. So some of these are really easy. So what do we have to do to answer them? Like just say our name or I think you just have to say it aloud. So click on it once, Michael. Okay, here we go. This is the number of medals. The men and women have won at the Olympics combined. Is this just for Steve or do I get to come? No, this is for, this is just for Steve. Oh, okay. okay. Um, uh, uh, What is uh, four? And Michael, you can hit the space bar, I think. Oh, oh, four is correct. Three for the women, one for the men, and like a long, long time ago. I well, thought it was all it. the women. Okay, so my, he's got, okay. Here we go. I will Michael. go Voyager. So let's, just, let's, just tell, let's just tell the, the, the listeners. Our categories are Bayern Munich, Bundesliga, Canadian men's and women's national teams, Voyager's Cup, Cascadia Cup. I'm not sure why there's an accent on Cup and Cascadia Cup, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I some of go. these, some of these, I have to. There's some of these. Uh, there's images that go with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Voyager's Cup for three hundred. Guess on this. Okay, so this says I have to move things about. Hold on, there we go. I'll read it. This is the club who have won the competition the most and the number of times they have won it. Voyager's Cup. Yeah. What is Toronto FC and nine times? And you can click spacebar to see. What oh. is Montreal Impact and eleven times? Oh, so I, I don't know how we get, tell say you get that wrong. How do we? I don't know how we do that. Well, I just don't add any points to my. Yeah, yeah, just oh. we'll not we'll not do minus. Just leave it at plus. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. a minute half minus. Well, let's do minus. Do minus. Yeah, let's do minus. Minus okay. three hundred. <laughs> I was gonna oh. say leave it there. Okay. Okay, I'll do. Uh, I haven't watched Nash- Jeopardy for years. I don't even know what the rules are. <laughs> I'll do men's and women's for uh, two hundred. Oh, Steve's, Steve's on a roll. This is the number of goals scored in open play by the Canadian women's na- national team in the knockout stages of this summer's Olympic tournament. I don't even think they had one. Um, I'm gonna, I want to say what is zero. Okay, spacebar, Michael, or you can. What is zero? Good wow. job, Steve. That was for two hundred. Yeah, it, it does it on the sweet. This is actually pretty good. I will go Voyager's Cup for 400. Okay, click on that. This is the only Canadian Premier League side to... Oh, so I was supposed to say it's supposed to say to make the final. Oh, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah, so it's Forge FC. Who yeah. is Forge FC? Oh, I, it is right, but you didn't form it in the... Uh, yeah, question. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I don't want to miss it. No, no, forget it. It's okay. Keep the so hit, hit plus on yours, Michael. Hit plus on yours. Woohoo! Yeah. Back this to 100. Works. Yeah, this okay, is I'll, good. I'll do uh, the women's national team. 
300? It's, it's men's and women's together. Okay, here we go. Click Is on it that. 300 you want? Yeah. The number of places the Canadian oh, men's national team I just saw this today. I just got an email about it. Yeah, so did I. I just trying to remember. They, they ended at 40. When did they? Where did they start? Oh, they ended at 40. Um, I, th I think it was like in the 70s. And, oh, fucking camera. Track it, track it, track it. I saw the email today. Uh, 78, 78. So what, how, how many, what? How oh, many uh, 78 right. minus uh, 38. Oh. What is 38? I would say what is 32. So let's what see. What is 38? Steve is correct. Oh. Steve's wow. rocking it. Steve's chosen a good category. I, I, I just saw the email. I like Zach. I, 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 was it today or yesterday the email came in. Where are you going, Michael? I, I'm so far behind. I'm going to go Voyager's Cup 500. Okay. I'm going to regret this. Notice I was missing uh, the all-time leading players. scorer in the competition with eleven goals. Who is from Sanctus Spiritus, Cuba? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> you know, I, don't, I know who it is. <laughs> I can picture him. <laughs> it's an easy one. White caps, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Went to Montreal. Can't for the life of me remember his name. You need this, Michael. I know from I need Cuba. this. He's from Cuba. I've Do got I Joey one? Jertson's name in my head, and it's not him. He's he's from like Cascadia. I, I know. Or California. Oh, I can't remember his name. Should, should I put a time limit on this? No, I I give up. I I can't remember his name. Who is Steve? Do you know it? No, I Who don't. Who is Eduardo Sobrango? <sighs> oh, it's, yeah. Michael just went down. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, I usually like that as well, but... Uh, wow. Should okay, I put so a timer I'll, on them? I'll go 400. Can My national team, 400. National team, 400. Michael, I don't know why you're not stopping him. The number of goals scored by the Canadian men's national team in 2021, which was the highest total amongst men's national teams in this year. Oh, that's, I'm not going to get that. Um, oh, really? I saw this thing and I... Sure. That's in my rundown for our end of year chat. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. <laughs> oh, so you know this, Michael? I can't remember it. Uh, uh, it's a high number, Paul. Yeah. Um, what is 51? I think <laughs> something like what is 42? Yeah. Oh, 55. 55. So Steve yeah. loses the points and now it's close again. Oh. Okay. What's 600? Right, I am. Oh, now do I want Bayern Munich for five hundred? I'll go Bayern Munich for three hundred. Of the three primary competitions, League Cup Europe, this is the only one I have never supported Bayern at in person. Cup. What is the Bundesliga? Oh, really? Yep, I've been to the Champions League final. I've been to the Cup final. I knew you'd been to Champions League. Ah, oh, disappointing. That, I thought it was an easy one. Okay. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with 500. I'll finish the... Canadian men's national for 500. Here we go. She is a three-time Olympic medalist from the place I live, and some consider her to oh, be Abbotsford. holy. Oh. Abbotsford. Oh, holy. Holy Schmidt. Oh, oh uh, Sophie Schmidt. Well, yeah. who, is, who is Sophie Schmidt? Yeah. Sorry, that was a pretty easy one. That yeah, you should have put that. You should have put the 50... You should have put that... You should have put the 55 one as I'm a 500 sorry. question. <laughs> okay, I am going to go because I'm way behind here. Uh, oh, no, actually, 
Oh, I've got a new game plan. Voyager's Cup 100. This is the number of times Vancouver Whitecaps FC have lifted this fan-created trophy. What is sadly one? What is one? You are correct, Michael. Good job. Um, I'll go Voyager's Cup for 200. Oh, he's stealing Michael's. The range of funds raised by supporters to create this beautiful trophy. That's impossible. So if you get anywhere in the range, we'll, we'll count it. That's oh, okay. for 200. <laughs> That's a hard question for 200. Um, I'll say $800. I don't know. Michael, you want to get... <laughs> it's a long time ago. Uh, 3500 Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's 3500 to 4000 Okay. So uh, this, he you... took my question. Okay. Um, okay. Cascadia Cup 200. No, 100. Okay. This is the person who accompanied <laughs> Michael and I when we drove down the Cascadia Cup to Portland in 2009. Well, that's an easy question. Who me. is Ricky Pack? <laughs> I kind of wish Steve had gone that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have got that at all. I'm sorry. I'm going to eat my Fredo plus, Frog. You got, a plus, you got a plus. Did you plus that? I did, yeah. I'm okay. just that far behind. Oh, um, um, I'll do a Bayern Munich for 100. So just to let, if anyone's still listening to this, um, Steve is plus 500, I'm minus 500. It's okay. There's, there's, you went Bayern Munich for what? 100. Oh, I thought you said 500. No, no, 100. In his three years at the club, this defender has scored five goals, two of them coming against Mainz 05. And I'll say, who is Alfonso Davies? That would have been my guess as well. That is correct. Who is Alfonso Davies? Good job, Steve. Bayern Munich 500. Oh, the number of minutes it took Robert Lewandowski to score five goals after coming on as a second-half substitute I think versus Fallefell Wolfsburg in September 2015. I think I what is 14? Oh, oh I was going to say 11. I was going to say 11. That was a harsh one for you, Michael. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just enjoying I my go, Fredo Frog. I'll go uh, Bayern 200. This player scored the first Bundesliga goal at the Allianz Arena in August 2005. Less than two years later, he was transferred to Steve's Manchester United. Oh, who was? Tra- I don't even remember who was transferred in 2005. That's a long time ago. That's when I kind of uh, got away from football. Um, no, I have no idea. I don't. Re- I don't recall a transfer. Michael, do you want to guess? Um, I'll say, uh, and it's damn it. I know. I, I, I honestly, you could beep beep this one. Could, the correct answer this. is who is Owen Lee Hargraves? Oh. oh, yeah, I don't even recall him. I kind of blocked him out. Right. Cascadia Cup 200. The name of the chant Pedro Morales tried to lead in this photo. Hang on. Hang on. I'll show a photo on my screen. I can't see your screen. No, no. Like you. Oh, you, can you not see me on the side of your screen? Oh, I, yeah. I forgot about that. There's Michael, can you oh, see this? Uh, hold on. I need to get... I've shut down videos. Oh, um, what is the humber? You are correct, Michael. So that's 200 for Mike. Michael's getting back in. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Hold on. I have to, I've got so many things on my screen here. I'm having to shut things. So, oh, I'm at minus 800 now. I don't have to I'll, give I'll, you $800, do I? If I no. no. Uh, I'll take Bundesliga for 100 this rule ensures that supporters have significant influence in the running of their clubs. Uh, 50 plus one. I hear Zach talking about it all the time. <laughs> yes. What is 50 plus one? 
Not the score that I am on at the moment. Did you add Steve's? I did. Okay. Cascadia Cup, 300. His three goals made him this year's competition Golden Boot winner. Who is Freddie Montero? I'm looking for a more specific answer. Who is Freddie fucking Montero? I'm looking for a more specific answer. Who is the Colombian? (laughs) Who is the Colombian? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a good one for me. There's only a thousand in it now. Okay, I'll take uh, for 200, Bundesliga. Bundesliga 200, okay. This is the year that the first Bundesliga match was played. This is like should be a higher. I'm sorry. Uh, don't worry. Um, the 200 I'll, ones are tough. Um, I've I'll figured say, out. Um, I'll, I'm going to guess it's after World War II. Um, so I'll say 55 random number. What is 1963? Oh. I went during the... Uh, my first time going to Germany was during the 40th anniversary. Okay. Now, decisions, decisions. I am going to say Cascadia Cup 400. Oh, and I got another picture for you. This is the hotel the Cascadia Cup spent its first night after Vancouver supporters reclaimed it in Portland in 2013. So it's a Portland hotel. It's a Portland hotel. It's kind of well-known. There's kind of two you should probably be choosing from. I only stay at the Mark Spencer when I go down there. (laughs) It's definitely not that. (laughs) A famous Portland hotel. I don't know. What is the Astoria? It's close. What is the Ace Hotel? Oh, it's full of Ace Halls there. (laughs) That's where Weber stays. Yeah. Okay, I'm on minus 900. Steve's on plus 300. There's still a chance. I'm going to go Bundesliga 300. The all-time leading scorer in the Bundesliga netted one goal for each day of the year. It's nobody recent. Um, the only guy I can think of, because uh, I think he, isn't this a record that Lewandowski, Geard Miller or something like that? Oh, because it broke Lindowski. Is that your answer? Yeah, Gerd Mueller. Who is Gerd Mueller? Oh. 365 Bundesliga goals. Well, it, He's the one that Lewandowski broke the record of for Bayern. Yeah, for goals in a season. And yeah, goals yeah. in a year, too. Okay. I will go Cascadia Cup 500. The record holders of this fan-started competition. Who are? It's not a joint answer, is it? I do not believe so. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go. Who are Vancouver Whitecaps? Final answer here. It's I was going to Seattle say Flanders. Seattle. Ah. That, that one did you in, Michael. Okay, go over. Go down. Okay. Um, I'll go Bundesliga 400. This club, also known as the Billy Goats, won their first ever, won the first ever Bundesliga title. Oh, is this is the, I think this is the team De Jong played for, but I don't remember. Because I remember a goat in the thing, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm not wrong. No, I don't know this one. I'll, I'll tap out. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I, Frank. Yeah, pick a team. Frank. Michael, guess a team. Who um, are the Billy Goats? Who are Gruff FC? <laughs> who are Eins FC Köln? Is Köln oh. German oh. for Gruff? No. Oh, okay. So, did did, did Young play for this team or no? No, he played for Augsburg. 
Oh, Augsburg. Okay, I don't know why I thought this was. It. Okay, I thought um, there was a Canadian played for a goat team. I will have Bundesliga for two thousand, please. <laughs> for five hundred, Michael. This is another picture one. This is the logo of the current Bundesliga cellar dwellers. Well, I don't have a camera. Can you see that? No. Oh, oh, oh. clover leaf. Yeah, it's a shamrock. Oh, shamrock. Yeah. Who are the onions from Berlin? <laughs> what is SPVGG Gruterfurt? I don't know what is SPVGG Gruterfurt. <laughs> I have never seen or heard that name in my life before it's only today. Their second time, Michael, it's only their second time year being in the Bundesliga ever, and they have yet to win a home match. Okay. Wow. Uh, I'll take uh, 400. How have you got a question left? Oh, it's because it's 25 questions. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry, Michael. The number of times Bayern have won the European Cup slash Champions League. I'll say, what is five? I think we're going to both finish. What is six? Oh, six. So we both finish finish in the minus. (laughs) So it's minus 200 to minus 1900. I did well, though. I didn't make any Nazi jokes, and there was two categories on German stuff. <laughs> that's I'm, that's a I'm, that's, so, a, that's did, a plus I, that's a plus uh, sixteen hundred for you. So we're I really make, close. I, I didn't make a question at the end where you're supposed to like bet all your money, but okay, I'll bet I'll bet my minus nineteen hundred. <laughs> I think we'll say Steve won that. <laughs> yeah, I think we can also say I don't know much about football if it's not about East Fife or the Whitecaps. Uh, well, we'll okay, see that about that. That was uh, fun making that. I'm glad yeah. I made that. I'm... I that was good. Fantastic stuff. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that at home and hopefully you did better than than we did during that. We've got one more part of the Christmas special to come. We've got Steve's presents, we've got Steve's game, and we've got some fun music and some fun audio for you to listen to as well. And we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Steve Archibald. You're listening to AFTN Soccer Show.
welcome back to the final part of the AFT and Soccer Show 2021 Christmas Special. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a, another former Artist of the Month. This time you've got to go way back to May 2020 for them. Out of Wales, Super Furry Animals, with a song from the 2007 album Hey Venus... That was the gift that keeps giving. And I played that because talking of gifts that keep on giving, regular listeners to the show will know that over the course of the year, Steve's Christmas presents from last year, the box of 2011 MLS Upper Deck Trading Card Packs, was the gift that kept on giving for us this year. We opened a pack a week over the course of the season. And as we were opening it, Zach and myself were putting together our best starting 11 for who we thought had the best team. So we're going to tell you who our final selections were just now. And then we'll we'll get a graphic drawn up and then we'll put this out for a, a vote onto Twitter. So Zach, let us know who your starting 11 is. Uh, okay, my starting 11, and I'm playing with a sort of like a 4-4-2 with... Uh, Sort of a sort of a diamond, but uh, my starting keeper is uh, at at the time uh, Toronto's Stefan Fry. Uh, my center backs are going to be Jay Demerit and Rafael Marquez. My right back is Jimmy Conrad, and my left back is Jordan Harvey. Then in my midfield is uh, uh, it's, yeah, we're going to call it a we're going to it's sort of a diamond. Um, in the rough. Yeah, actually, well, these are the four players. Maybe it's more like a... Start out as a diamond and move around. Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of two holders, and I guess you could put those guys wide. But anyways, it's uh, Kyle Beckerman, Osvaldo Alonso, David Beckham, and Javier Morales from Real Salt Lake. And then Osvaldo Apollo... Alonso just joining Atlanta United today. Oh, I did not see that. Mm, free agent. Um, and uh, up top, I have Titi Henry. And Kai Kamara. Ah. Well, I've, I've gone for a 4-3-3, you could say. Uh, in goals, it's Nick Romando. Legend. It's quite a legendary team I've got, actually. So in goals, Nick Romando. Right back, Zarek Valentin. He was at Chivas uh, at the time of the, the cards coming out. My centre-back pairing, Chad Marshall and Marvell Wynn. You wouldn't really want to go up against them. And my left-back is Chris Tierney. My midfield, I've gone for a defensive midfielder, Jeff Laurentovich, a central midfielder, Roger Espinosa, and an attacking midfielder, Dwayne Di Rosario. Try and fit them in, in your midfield when you've got a forward line of Chris Wondolowski, Jeff Cunningham, and Landon Donovan. Three heavy hitters there. Luck of the draw from the packs, but obviously yeah. a couple of very unlikable players I've got in there. <laughs> Sorry, just to clarify, too, mine's going to be actually a four-three-one-two. So I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put Beckerman, Alonzo, and Beckham across the middle with Morales in front of them. Mine's a bit of a mystery, and it? it's just oh, you go, lad, see what you can do. Get as many attacking pieces on the pitch as you possibly can. No MLS, no, no MLS manager would coach like that. The the one thing I can say is that uh, definitely uh, uh, Zach's getting uh, going for the Whitecaps vote, while uh, 
he's going to lose the Irish vote because of putting Thierry Henry. Yes. On the Joe DC will sorry, not Joe. be voting for you. I'm sorry, and, Joe. And the one matchup I see very favorable in Michael's side is the uh, Marble win in Chad Marshall versus Kai Kamara and Thierry Henry because um, wins more of a dynamic center back who could probably hang with Henry while Marshall's that physical mm. center back that can handle Kamara. So and Marvel's kind of a, quite physical as well at times. Yeah. So. yeah. He might uh, make Henri um, cry. Mar- Marvel has pace, but he's not at the standard that... No, uh, no, you're right there. But he can hang with Henri a little bit here and there. Hang tough. And and if it's and if the game's played on pitch, like AstroTurf, then you know <laughs> Henri's not going to play. Yeah, well, well, we'll make sure it is, obviously. So, <laughs> so I will have to draft in someone else. So yeah, we'll draw a little graphic up. We'll put that out. You can have a vote. We'll, we'll see who it is. I'll, I'll try and get my voting people out in the rest of the North America to get their votes in. But that was the, the gift that keeps giving. That was the Super Furry Animals that kicked off this part. And they also have a song from their 1997 album, Radiator, called Calimero, 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 Calimero. About the little chicken with the egg on his head that we, we spoke about. It's an injustice. It really is. And I mentioned that the next time I spoke to Vanni Sartini, I was going to ask him about that Italian cartoon to see what memories he had of that. So let's hear what memories he has of Calamero and also his Christmas time memories as we talk now about a Vanni Sartini Christmas. So what what is a a Sartini family Christmas usually like? Whether back home in Italy or whether you're over here, what what's your normal kind of arrangements for that? Uh, if I'm home, it's uh, it's it depends. Uh, it depends if it's a uh, it's an even year or an odd year because uh, me and my wife uh, we are not. I'm from Florence. My wife is from a town. That is kind of a couple of hours far from Florence. So uh, we, at the beginning, when we were went together, we we actually tried to do uh, I don't know how you say everything. So we were doing lunch in a family, taking the car two hours, and and dinner in the with the other family. But it was a disaster for our body where we, we ate too much and everything. So after a few years, we decided, okay, we do one year with my family, one year with our family. So if uh, if it's if it's with my family, it's normally uh, I have I'm very lucky because my grandma is still alive. So it would be uh, at my grandma's house uh, having uh, 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 dinner with with uh, with my family during the day, uh, going to the um, uh, houses of maybe uh, uncles and aunties that. Uh, you don't see very too much, but uh, you know my family, uh, both on my mom and dad's side, they all live in in Florence, in a certain part of Florence. So it's like it's like very easy to go by and uh, and in a, in a day to to see hello to to everyone. So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of uh, espresso cups, a lot of uh, prosecco, a lot of food, and at the end we we close with a, a game that in Italy we call the Mercante in Fiera. It's a card game where you basically hold some cards. It's like they're very similar to tarot's card. And 
there's a, another deck with the same amount of card and the guy who is in charge is take off the card and if your card arrives, you're eliminated. And at the end, the, the card that stays wins everything. But during the, during the game, you can sell and buy the card of the other players and try to do like kind of a market and all the money that you do between sell and buy at the end is the, is the price and, uh, and winning. So it's like, a, it's like a tradition in my family. It's in, in, a, in a lot of family, to be honest. Oh, that sounds fun. And yeah, like I've only been to Florence once, but what I remember of it was it is a, it's a small city for getting around. It's, it seems a, yeah. a good city for that. Is there any kind of special Christmas song or Christmas music that whenever you hear it to you, that's Christmas? Uh, well, mm, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in the, there's a couple of things that for me that say, oh, it's, it's Christmas season. Uh, it's like uh, since when I'm young, there's uh, some brands in Italy that they do the same Christmas song for their uh, commercial on TV. So something is, it's Christmas. And then there's uh, two, three movies that are always on TV the, the night before Christmas of the day of Christmas that are in Italy we say that it's not Christmas if you don't see I don't know the English word for the movie you know that movie with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd then they swap place and oh trading uh, trading places yeah trading, yeah trading place is the Christmas movie in Italy yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I love that movie that that's an all-time ah. classic yeah, yeah. oh yeah because it is kind of there's snowy bits and that oh well, that's good to know <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I hope you have a good Christmas with, with you and your, your family this year. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. it's going to be in Vancouver, but it's hopefully... Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. It's going to be like a, a Zoom, uh, Zoom call with the family. Actually, it's another tradition that I have with my friends, friends that we've been friends for almost 30 years now since we were in high school, that we always get together the the, the day before Christmas for lunch. So I'll, I'll have a Zoom for them with them waking up at 3 a.m because it would be 3 a.m yeah but it's okay <laughs> yeah it looks the the forecast for next week it's got snow forecast round about christmas beautiful. so hey might get a white christmas beautiful since we're talking about tv i want to ask you this do you know i'm assuming you will the the children's cartoon tv cartoon calimero yes yes it's I, was, I was talking to the guys on the show about it because i thought if anything went wrong for you this coming season, I was going to play him going, it's an injustice. <laughs> and they would no idea what I was talking about. So I thought the next time I speak to you, I've got to ask what your thoughts yeah. on Calamero are. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very traditional. It's very old. That what that was a, uh, a show when in Italy, well, even before I, when I was very little, even before I, I, I got burned that, uh, uh, we had only public television and it was allowed to have commercial only for 30, 40 minutes. And the commercial, well, uh, they, they, they were doing bit with uh, some com comic bits or a cartoon. And Calimero was uh, a cartoon for a commercial. And at the end, he was doing it. So it's an injustice about it. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an iconic character in Italy. Yeah. Yeah, we had it bizarrely translated into English. It was on TV all the time when I was a kid. I've, I don't know why, but... <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Vanni Sartini sharing some thoughts there on Christmas back in Florence, his traditions 
with his family. A fun game that his family played there. I wouldn't mind having a, a shot of that myself. And of course, now we've got him talking about Calimero and Eton Injustice. So we've got our soundbite for next season. If we get screwed over by VAR or the MLS refs. I don't know why I said if. I was when we get if. screwed over by the VAR and the MLS refs. We, we've got that now. So not much more of the Christmas special to go. But we do have time for two more exciting things. And the first of those is Steve's game for Zach and myself to play. And I yep. can't do any worse than I did with Zach's game. And and this this is <laughs> like Zach I? had it for what matters to him. I, I decided to go in the giving spirit. What matters to you guys? Um, oh. So, Mike, uh, this, these are five questions. Um, uh, for each of you, uh, I was like, so I've, I've, I've gotten five questions for Michael's about Michael's East Fife team, and I've got five questions about Zach's Bayern Munich team. And there's a question from the 70s, 80s, 90s, aughts, and the 10s, or whatever wow. they call it now. So, uh, so a question from each, I'll struggle in the 10s five. as we've discovered on my East Fife show. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's do who wants to go first? Any, any preference? I like to I like to come second. Okay, so I'll go Zach then. Go first this time. Um, so Zach, doesn't happen very often. Uh, first question: In 1977, yeah, after a lackluster year, Bayern swapped manager Detter Kramer to which Bundesliga club in return for Gailak Laurent? So they swapped managers, and I want to know what team they swapped managers for. Wow. So the, the main rival at the time was Borussia Mönchengladbach, but I can't see Gladbach switching coaches with them, and I don't think Glad I don't think that was Gladbach's coach at the time. Kramer, I, I know I, I know the name. Can I can I guess if he's wrong? If you want to. Yeah. Uh, this I, didn't make, I, I didn't make I didn't make multiple choice on this one. So, oh, that's yeah. that. No, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll just guess fine. an answer. I'm, I'm not going to get this right. Uh, I'll just I'll just say I'll say. They weren't that big then, though. Um, it's it's a team. It's a team well known now. I don't know how well they are known back then, but I yeah. I've heard of this club. Don't help him. Yeah, just... I, I, I I this is not right, but I'm going to say uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, it's wrong. It's Eintracht Frankfurt. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't get my guess. Oh, sorry about this. That's okay because I was I was going to say Dortmund or. Borussia Mönchengladbach, so yeah, Frankfurt was the third I, team I thought of. I knew it wasn't Gladbach. Okay, uh, for so Zach, uh, Zach uh, Michael, your question oh. uh, for the seventies. Um, after Pat Quinn, not the Pat Quinn that coached the Vancouver Canucks here. After Pat Quinn was dismissed as manager following poor results, who was famously picked as the East Fife team that uh, who was famously picked as the manager for the East Fife team that beat Rangers? At Ibrox on 13th October 1973. Oh, Frank Christie. Of course he knows this. No, it's Alex Doig, the kit man. Oh. oh. It was a trick question. Okay. I just knew Frank Christie took over from Pat Quinn. Boo. <laughs> good job, just, Steve. These are random questions I picked up. No, okay, that, so. yeah, that is a good one. Okay. That, so, that's, a, that's a famous story. I had completely forgotten about that. Okay, so Zach, uh, 1980s. Who was Byron's captain in 1983? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, he came then, but Lothar came then, but he wouldn't have been the captain in 83. I'll say, oh, did he leave? He left. When did he leave? I'll, I'll, I'm going to guess. Oh, no. Yeah, he was gone. No, okay, I'm going to say 
Kali Rumenega, Karl Heinz Rumenega. Yeah, you got it right, Karl Heinz Rumenega. The 80s should be my era, 80s and 90s. I should be good okay. here. So I hope this is a not. A, I really picked random questions out of the, each decade. Um, in nineteen February nineteen eighty seven, Dave Clark left East Fife to take over as manager of which club? Falkirk. That's correct. We hated him for doing that. So back to Zach. Uh, where? Is, oh, here it is. Which midfielder had ten Bundesliga goals in ninety two ninety three? Was he? Was he back from his time with Inter yet? See that I want to say Lothar Mateus, but I don't know if he was at Inter that year. I, I, he was back in '94, for sure. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll just say Lothar Mateus. It was. It's wrong. It's Christian Zaghi. Oh, Christian Ziga. Ziga. Sorry. Yeah, he's more like a left winger, left like the left, the left back. But well, yeah. it's a midfielder, so that'll yeah, make I'd say midfield. Okay. Uh, next question for Michael. Um, we're in the 90s uh, now. In the last match of the 93-94 season, East Fife needed to avoid defeat against which team to ensure that the following season of the club wouldn't be played in the, would be played in the second division and not the third? Aloha Athletic. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was at that game. Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay, uh, so we're into... See, I told you. Ask me about East Fife and I'll get all my questions right. Uh, we're into the 2000s, the millennium. Um, I don't know if you were at this match or not, but who scored the fastest goal in UEFA Champions League match in 10, in 10 seconds, in the first 10 seconds, on March 7th, 2007? I'll be really disappointed if I get this wrong. I believe it was Roy Mackay. That's correct. Was it against Real Madrid, I think? Oh, I didn't look into that much. Yeah, I think it was Real Madrid. So you got two, I think, and yep. that, um, Michael has two I as well. I have two as well. But he has a question still. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so in the This 2000s, is where I'll start to get patchy since I left in 2007. Uh, so, uh, well, this is before that. Uh, yes. Towards the end of 2001-2002 season, yep. new signing Gordon Gilbert yep. put in a number of good appearances. In which country was Gilbert born? South Africa. You got that right. So three. Oh, I, have, two, I have to give this right to have a chance. Okay, so this is obviously in the 10s, or whatever you yep. call them, 2010s. Uh, which player led Bayern with 18 league goals in 2013 and 2014? Oh. The, I, don't, I don't want it. This is the oath, I think. Hang on. 20, sorry, 2012, 2013? 2013, 2014. Oh, 2013, 2014. I think we got rid of the oath by then. Uh, 2013-2014, 2014-2013. Yep, I think we've established this 2013. Oh, I'm just saying because Lewandowski wasn't there yet. I don't think. I think he came the year after. Yeah, uh, it was eight, uh, 18 goals. 18 league goals, by the way. 18 league goals. It might be. Not in all competitions. It might be River Rob. Um, I'll, just say, I'll say Arian Robin. No, is Marco Mandzukic. Oh, Mario Mandzukic. Mario, sorry. Okay. You Germans with your aliens. Okay, last question, although Michael wins this. Um, yeah. In January 2015, which former Real Sociedad player made his debut for the Fifers? I can never pronounce his name. And neither could I when I found, saw the answer. 
Yeah, he was at university in Edinburgh and he got in touch one day and said, can I come and train with you? And the guys are like, fucking hell, he's really good. <laughs> it's, it's got Zs and Ls and Latas and stuff in it. I can't remember his name. It's got an X and... Yeah. I can't I, remember I think, his name. I, I think I know who you, you know it is. It's... Uh... I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this either. It's Julian Extra Extra Baguard. Yeah, something like that. I, I that's probably totally well, Michael Michael he won was, anyways. He yeah. was one of the best players to well, ever. The fact that you could have pronounced <laughs> it, I give you a point for that. That <laughs> you know you couldn't pronounce it. Gordon Gilbert guy, we were just talking about that on the East Five Christmas special, because we had a song for him because he ran in a very unique style. So mm. our song was, because it was Gordon Gilbert, so it was like, Gilberto, oh, Gilberto, oh, he runs like a newborn foal, he sometimes scores the odd goal, Gilberto. <laughs> okay, so he went to play could... for Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, oh really? The nice. team, not the band. Not the band, yeah. So you guys are going to open the gifts now. Oh, I forgot, there's, there's more, there's gifts. Here we go. Does it matter who opens first? Um, I, I would... I think Michael should open his first. Okay, mine says, uh, my card says Zach from Steve. Oh, I didn't. I do. I don't do cards. I I find it's a uh, it's uh, I I'm a, I'm anti Hallmark kind of card. So you can see Byron went from Mario Mandzukic is oh. like not even twenty goals a year. Oh no! I think what? Oh no! Do can I have show that? Can I, I can show that in the camera? Oh, oh, I, oh, oh, no, I gave the, oh, I, oh, damn it. It's, it's, I gave you the Star Wars Lego set. Oh, no. <laughs> I opened it up and I was like. <laughs> you no, actually, no, that's a gag. It, yeah, your it's gifts inside. are actually below. Your gifts are below. There, there's more in the bag. That was a gay gift. Oh, <laughs> what, what's in it? It's a Lego. I got, I got to need that back. That's my kids. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not a rush. I could pick that up. Anytime. That's a really good set from Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I may have broken this now. <laughs> it comes broken. Oh. Some assembly just, required. It's in thousands of pieces here. Yeah. I, I nearly I nearly opened it. <laughs> okay. Good thing you did it. No, yeah, that's it. It's not a gift for him. It's just his old, old one. He's not. He's never opened it. Is it worth money on eBay? Yes. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is, Michael. I'm going to need it back, please. Thanks, Steve. I've always wanted that. Okay, I'm opening this thing in red. I hope you you didn't get this for yourself. You got Kirk's attention. I hope you didn't get this for yourself. I haven't, but Lee that did the podcast with me tried to order it for me, and there was problems with it arriving, so it never arrived. Oh, okay, good. Uh, So tell them what you got. Oh. Oh, this is awesome. So I've got, yeah, it's no point me holding it up, is there? Um, I got the Ultimate East Fife FC quiz book, which may explain where you got some of your questions I from. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Utu Utubi Utubia Pfeiffer. And this is a book that I'd actually looked at and thought about getting. The Ghosts of Cathkin Park. Oh, yes. It's not about ghosts per se. It's about third Lanark football team that went bust in the 1960s. And, and they were one of the original. I, I read down the description that they were one of the original clubs that yeah. formed the Scottish League. They went, They got in, they're another Glasgow team. They got into financial you, you, trouble. You, and, oh, you so don't know weird. how panicked I was about getting these gifts for you because I thought you might, because you still always say you buy books for yourself. And I was, I asked Zach, 
And, and then and then I asked when I dropped him off, I asked Caitlin, did you did he order any books for himself this year? And she was like, don't worry, even if you ordered them, he never read them. <laughs> that is sadly true. The only only football book that I got myself this year was Pat Nevin's autobiography. Yeah. Which I got for my birthday. And I've started reading it. I'm a third of the way through. And I have to get it finished because we're speaking to Pat for our 500th episode of the show. So oh. I need to get it finished. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So Thank I'm, you. Hope, I'm, I'm thinking you can use that East Fife book for your uh, Fife podcast and ask everybody a question. Yeah, I'm going to give you guys a question, see if you get it right. Oh, my God. Um, Let's go for one from... Is it the South African? Let's go with the 90s. Number 10. Joe McBride signed for East Fife in 1991 from Dundee. Which major English club did McBride start his career with? Arsenal. Everton. I don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, it's on, a, it's on a different page. Uh, you have to flip through it to get to the end of the section. <laughs> Everton. Everton. Oh, I got it. Bonus point. Wow. Okay, you, Zach, did you, you memorize the whole book? No, no, no. I just I just randomly picked up like five questions from Michael's never gonna leave the bathroom. <laughs> well, okay, we've, I got change there. I have some books too. Oh yeah. An Alfonso Davies notebook. Alfonso Davies Byron notebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I figured considering I he's saw gonna, something like that as well. I, I figured you can uh, write your sermons in that, considering he's gonna yeah. lead us to the promised land as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then also the oh, Bayern Munich trivia book. <laughs> trivia. That's awesome. I wonder where you got your Bayern Munich trivia questions from. <laughs> anyway, there's something else in here. Oh, I I had some of these from the World Cup. Uh, I think I want you to wear that at the World War, uh, like the next World Cup, if you do go in 2022. German Germany headbands and wristbands. Have you seen? Have you? Do you have any of these, Michael, for Scotland? No, I tried to get you those ones from 1938 that you asked for, but I couldn't get hold of those. <laughs> There's Zach. There's one more thing coming, and currently it's in a shipping warehouse somewhere in England. So, one more thing uh, coming. Yeah, there's one more thing coming, but so, so we'll just okay. wait for that to show up. Kirk, Kirk is here. He's very excited about this book. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very funny gag. Yeah, yours not mine. Don't don't give him back the the thing, man. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna price it and see what it costs. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, I hit the wrong note button. Oh my god, are we waiting for the pricing of it? Yeah. 75, 75, Okay, hang on. He, he knows me. He's memorized the number. I know. I was like, what? No, no, no. I thought it was like worth 75,000. I was like, oh. <clears throat> no, it's probably in the, in the hundreds. Though. So it retailed, it retailed in Canada for $40 plus tax. And in Canada right now on Bricklink, like the, the lowest price is like $100. Yeah, it's not that big of a jump. No. That's still like... It's not worth losing Steve's friendship over. 150%. I mean, yeah, I, do, so. I do have a lot of vet bills to pay for. <laughs> well, you, you can sell to me a ham card. I got you. <laughs> oh, no. Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Oh, that's right. Alex Morgan. Yeah, it's, it's not in pristine condition anymore, I'm afraid. <laughs> anyway, that is... Hi, Kirk. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Kirk. Yeah, gift that keeps giving. Um, that is nearly it for the show, but we can't have an episode of the show without finishing on a wavelength. And I do have a football-related Christmas song that I haven't played yet. 
amazingly. I think I've done everything. This is the last one to, to go. It's from 1981, and it's former England player and then subsequent England manager, Glenn Hoddle, and the 1981-82 Spurs team. And this is their cover of the John Lennon classic, Happy Christmas, War Is Over. there happy christmas war is over singing with some of the 1981-1982 tottenham hotspur squad there as well that is it though for the 2021 aftn christmas special we hope you've enjoyed our nonsense thank you for listening to the very end if you are still here just before we go guys just some final thoughts from yourself and yeah where can folk find you online zach uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary AM. And yeah, I'm once again, just thankful for uh, you guys and for being a part of the, 
the show and just yeah it's a when i think about these last two years this has been like one of the constants in my life is looking at your faces on zoom and talking about football and, oh you uh, poor man <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grateful i'm grateful for that and i look forward to it and um and then the community that's around that the people who listen to the show who um write in about the show giving feedback um and uh or people i meet who are like yeah you should to meet all these folk that listen to the show hey i know you from aftn i'm like uh who are you <laughs> um but no no it's, and richard uh, pack too one of the few people from the cascadia ricky, question oh ricky, ricky pack. pack oh ricky, ricky pack. pack okay he's a legend yeah. um but yeah no I, i'm really grateful for the community that we're a part of and uh yeah looking forward to, looking forward to all 2022 has in store steve uh yeah you can find me on twitter at whitecap speed yeah thankful that we, we were able to keep the show going over the last couple of years agree with zach there and hopefully we can do it more in person at the radio station. So I get to press more buttons and make more mistakes. Um, um, what I learned this week was that I was able, I'm glad to find a value on what Michael's friendship is. It's definitely not more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me checking eBay and the brick to see if I can fleece somebody for a brick, Star brick Wars link. kit. Brick, brick link. link. <laughs> oh, I, I went to the brick and I thought it's just all sofas and fridges and stuff. I don't know what's going on here. What's all this fuss about? Did they build that oh, from man. Lego? Wow, it looks really comfortable. Um, you can find me, though, on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. If you've enjoyed this nonsense, check out the other nonsense Christmas special, Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast, featuring legend from Spurs and Barcelona and Scotland, Steve Archibald. That's on glorydaysofgold at AFTN.co.uk. So thanks, as the guy said, for listening to our show this year. It's It's been another weird year. We've still got another episode that we'll bring out towards the, the new year as well. But we're eight episodes away from our 500th edition of the, the podcast. So that is some going. Started in March 2013. Stephen and myself, Zach came on board. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you still find it enjoyable and hope you all have a great Christmas. Stay safe, stay healthy. Doing the shows helped my voice clear up a little bit, so that's a, a positive thing. We will be back soon and the next show is going to be our CPL year in review. Till then, take care, eat lots of turkey, pull lots of crackers and keep those close to you close. Thanks everyone and Merry Christmas. Sa-la-la.